0: All sports, all the time.
1: There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die.
2: This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance
3: Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Man.
2: Touchdown, Kansas City! That with freaking
3: uh, let's talk some
0: sports because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned into the spoken. the
3: spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell.
2: This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCP and Studios with my guys Trevor Twoodwell, good. Eddie Ortiz, yo yo yo. And Miss Gat on the ones and twos, episode 84 out here in the KCP and Studios. Man, we are so excited to be here tonight with you guys on this lovely Friday night or whenever you guys are listening to this and to our live streamers, YouTubers and podcasters. Welcome to your home away from home where we uh, have no problem uh, condemning racism and we're welcome to we're glad to be here cuz we have a great Great guest tonight. A man you guys have all known. If you guys have followed the Chiefs for any length of time, you guys are fully aware of a Chiefs reporter by the name of BJ Kissel. Well, he's on to greener pastures, if you will. He is absolutely pursuing his dream with Let It Fly Media. We cannot wait to get his thoughts on all things Chiefs. And uh, honestly, can't wait to get your guys' thoughts. Can't wait to get my guy, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo's thoughts because we have a really good Eddie Hour from what I hear. I heard that there's, some, uh, there's somebody in the mailbag this week that might actually be a part of this show, which is pretty... Rare, and I'm excited to find out what that person, he or she, I may add, might have have for us as far as a question in the mailbag, or questions. I don't even know how many questions there are, but I cannot wait to get to that. But let's start with something else real quick. You know, I'm the oldest of five kids. Uh, I have three younger brothers and one baby sister. Uh, My brothers and I are only five years apart together. So we all grew up together. but, But we did have an uncle that was only a few years older than me and oftentimes was more like our big brother. And having all that testosterone in one house, it was bound that we'd all end up beating the shit out of each other on a daily and nightly basis. And when we were younger, thinking we were tough shit, our uncle being older and much bigger than us would oftentimes have to put us in our place and remind us that we ain't tough. And no matter how much we fought back, No matter how inflated our egos would get, a steady and consistent humbling would occur each and every time. That's how I see Patrick Mahomes and the rest of his competition, primarily in the AFC and primarily when it comes to other AFC superstar quarterbacks. In case you missed it, the Chiefs absolutely annihilated the Baltimore Ravens in front of 10 plus million viewers on Monday Night Football just this last week. And although I'd love to say that to no one's surprise, this took place yet again, as crazy as it sounds, the Ravens were in fact widely considered the favorite going into that game. And I say crazy because that's what it's considered when you bet against Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs are currently in the middle of a 12-game winning streak, by far the biggest in the NFL. The Chiefs made an absolute statement in Baltimore this week. A statement that can no longer be ignored. And that's that they are still very much the team to beat. Not just in the AFC, but in the NFL as a whole. And here's the crazy thing. The Chiefs came into this game without Bashad Breland and Alex Okafor. Lost Lord Jarius Sneed to a collarbone injury. Had Darwin Thompson not only give up a special teams touchdown, but a red zone fumble... The Chiefs failed to convert a fourth down, gave up 158 rushing yards, and yet still won by two touchdowns. The Chiefs didn't even play their best and looked and looked like one of Mahomes' main sponsors, head and shoulders, better than any and everyone else. And this... Is why I tried telling you guys just seven days ago on this very show, and why I have been telling you and trying to tell you over and over again that this over this last season, before the season even began, that the only team that can beat the Chiefs is the Chiefs. And for 12 straight games, they haven't beaten themselves. No coincidence as to why they haven't held an L in as many weeks. And it's time for us all to come to a consensus agreement. Something that I have felt and believed since the end of last season. And it's not hard to agree with if your eyes work as well as mine do or at all. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback we have ever seen. He just is. We have seen a quarterback do, we have never seen a quarterback do the things he can do on a field. We have never seen a quarterback manipulate a defense in so many ways more than he can. We have never seen a quarterback single-handedly dominate premier opponents as consistently as Mahomes has. And he just learned how to read and understand defenses. Think about that for a second. People, I, I need you to understand what we're witnessing here. We are witnessing the best, most unprecedented player in NFL history. And I get why it would be deemed overpraise to our local hero if he wasn't the fastest to literally every quarterback record that he now owns, if he wasn't the youngest Super Bowl MVP in NFL history, if he didn't have one of the two best seasons in, in NFL history in his first season as a starter, but more importantly, if he didn't have unforeseen talent. But he has and he does. Physically and mentally. I remember echoing these very words back in the Shaggy Shane show back in 2017 after the Chiefs traded up and drafted Patrick Mahomes. I stated that he has the rare ability to match his physical strengths and his mental strengths. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees are three of the greatest quarterbacks ever, but were and have always been more brains than Braun. Mahomes is both. The man has dominated games, hell, seasons with his decision-making and athleticism. As a franchise, you almost always have to choose between a cerebral, less-talented quarterback or a freak athlete that lacks the mental advantages. The Chiefs have both in Mahomes. And that needs to be addressed and agreed upon. He is simply special. He is simply unprecedented. He is simply the greatest we have ever seen. And Monday Night's Game is simply the latest edition of proving this fact correct. So to the AFC and its other superstar but quarterbacks, I'm sorry, but it's time to say uncle. And I'm going to leave it there. Because my guy, my guy BJ Kissel is waiting on line one and I cannot wait to get this guy on. It's the first time he's ever been on this show. I've been waiting to get this guy on. I'm so excited. Could not be more excited. I don't know if you guys can see that in my face. I don't know if you can hear my voice. But nevertheless, my guy BJ Kissel from Let It Fly Media is going to be on the show right after these messages. Guys, I hope you're ready for it. Going to get his thoughts on all things Chiefs. We'll get back to that after this.
4: You are listening to Kansas City Podcast Network. Talent-driven, FCC-free. Check out our show lineup, videos, events, and more over at kcpn.org. The voices of Kansas City, unfiltered.
2: Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. that's good? Eddie Ortiz and the one and only Gat on the ones and twos. Guys, we are so excited. I don't want to waste any more time because I feel like I waste plenty of your guys' time each and every week. So I'm going to get right to it. We're going to let this one fly literally and figuratively. Uh, A guy that I have uh, absolutely uh, respected and, and watched very closely over the last several years here in Kansas City, uh, a, a guy that does not need an introduction, quite frankly, especially on a show like this. Uh, Mr. BJ Kissel has been so kindly to join us this Friday night. BJ, first and foremost, man, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing tonight, my brother?
0: I'm doing well. I think you just outed me for how exciting my Friday nights are with a five year old and <laughs> three year old. is like, I'm not that busy. <laughs> so no i'm doing well fellas appreciate you guys having me on absolutely, always talk man. sports always talk chiefs
2: absolutely well first and foremost i would say by far 2020 has been an incredible year for you man it's been one hell of a year uh going from being the chiefs reporter to joining up with let it fly media as the director of athletics uh, if you'd be so kind as to expand on how this year has been for you how the experiences with <laughs> the chiefs impacted your professional career and of course we all want to know like how exciting this new venture is for you man
0: Man, that's a loaded question. I don't want to take too much time. No, but, um, feel free. Yeah, it's it's been a crazy year. You know, uh, it started with, you know, the Super Bowl, you know, going back to February 2nd and just being able to experience that uh, as somebody who grew up a fan of the team and it's something I haven't been shy about. So anybody who knows anything about me, I talk about it a, a lot because I took a lot of pride in you know growing up a fan of this team and and having going through college getting a journalism degree and kind of working my way through the fan side of coming back into media uh writing at arrowhead pride as a blog and then kind of getting the opportunity at bleacher report from there and then when the chiefs job opened I just kind of got lucky I was the right guy at the right time and for me to for the last six years to to cover the team and to tell the stories and get to know the players and the coaches, some who are still there and some guys who are done playing and some other guys who are off on other teams uh, it was an incredible experience and something that i 'll never forget and has helped me get to where I am right now and able to have me provide a quality of life for my family and my young kids I have a five year old and a three year old so Um, As I got older and my my job responsibilities changed a little bit early in my career, I was writing. Uh, I wasn't doing TV and I wasn't doing podcasting or video stuff. And then by the time I was done the last year and a half, I didn't write anything. I uh, think maybe wrote two articles in the last year and a half I was there just because of the way the job industry has changed and the, the goals and the focuses and just the way that people consume content has all changed. So uh, for me, it was an unbelievable experience uh, to be on the sideline for the radio network doing the Super Bowl uh, to get that ring. And then for a company like Let It Fly uh, to have an opportunity to join those guys with uh, the way that they're growing right now and how quickly everything's expanding and to get on something on the way up. Um, and to be able to not travel quite as much and not be as plugged in as you have to be covering the NFL, whether it's what you guys do or what, you know, Sam McDowell and Sam Ellinger and Herbie Teope and all the beat writers for the Kansas City Star. I mean, you guys are in it and it's really hard to unplug from that. And once you do, it's a really strange feeling that I'm figuring out now that you have a lot more freedom, but uh, I get a chance to see my kids more. So for me, it was a quality of life thing. Uh, I took a hell of a lot of pride. Uh, and being down on the sideline, feeling like I represented all of Chiefs fans when I was down on the sideline for the Super Bowl. Uh, I wasn't going to not be in that moment. And so uh, I'll never forget those memories. I still have some of my closest friends still work there. I still keep in touch with all of them. And so I got nothing but positive things to say about, uh, about my time there and what it did for me and um, the pride that I took in it every day I went to work and every day I represented the, the you know the organization when I'm out and about was became part of it too, uh, and I cherish that too.
2: Yeah, and I want to expand on that real quick a little bit about uh, your, your, your past a little if we want to call it now, your past. I know it, was, it hasn't been that long, but but being a Chiefs employee when they won the Super Bowl last season and now being where you are, I'm sure getting to express a little bit a, a little bit more of your fanhood as they continue the running back tour has been equally as enjoyable in some regard. So I, I'm not going to ask which one you've enjoyed more to this point, but rather how different mm-hmm. has it been for you watching and enjoying this team then to now in your newest chapter?
0: That's a good question. And it's one that a lot of my friends have asked me, like, has it been weird for you? And uh, the only times it's been weird or when I get those notifications on my phone that like a press conference has started and it's like, oh, like, why am I not there? And it's like that initial like it's starting to wear off, but it's like, oh, my God, where am I supposed to be right now? Um, But as far as like missing the stuff, maybe it's just because COVID and it's such a weird environment anyway, where you flip on the games and there's not the crowd in the environment that you get so caught up in because you know, I grew up going to games. That's my place. And so it feels weird not to be there maybe from that aspect. Um, But I'm sitting, I'm getting to watch the games besides some of the late ones. And even then uh, I've had my son stay up and get a chance to sit and watch games with him as much as he will sit and watch something uh, as a five-year-old. But uh, it's a, it's not like I'm losing everything by not being there. I'm gaining a lot of other stuff. And for me, that's what's important right now. And I cannot wait to start taking them to games whenever it opens up or, you know, I take a, a loan out of the bank to get some <laughs> tickets to go. That's right. what they're they're going for right now. But looking forward to that day whenever it comes.
2: I'm, I'm a little surprised that you would have even take a bank loan out, man. I mean, I figured, you know, with all <laughs> the connections of BJ Kills, I mean, they practically got you in the ring of honor now, man. I'm, I'm figuring they, they would just let no you way, swap man. right in, man. <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> now, those producers, all those people behind the scenes that you don't ever see that we sometimes tweet and you know we try to promote their stuff those producers behind the scenes make everything work yeah and they, make you, they make you look a whole lot better than you are so <laughs> shout out to all of them they, oh. they know they know.
2: Uh, we know that all too well here as well but uh, but let, let's get <laughs> let's get into some game stuff. Um, coming into the game Monday night, I, I won't lie BJ. I, I was feeling rather alone in the confidence that I had that the chiefs were gonna win rather handedly in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Where, where were you at mentally and emotionally going into that game? And did you come out with a different opinion at any level when it comes to these two teams in particular after the game was over?
0: The only thing that I came away with, because I was completely wrong going into that game, I didn't, I'll never think that they're going to go into a game and not win. I just, because it was so early in the season and because I know. Um, you know, coach Reed is so particular about what he shows at what times. And there's always a plan to when he shows certain plays where he may show a certain formation and a certain down and distance at a certain area of the field in a certain situation in week three, knowing he's setting it up to use it again at week 16 because they have film on that they have the numbers they have the tendencies on all of those things so maybe I just looked too much into that but I didn't think that they were going to show a whole lot I thought it was going to be a little vanilla <laughs> that yeah. this is what I was telling my friends and then when they throw a touchdown to Eric Fisher I get three text <laughs> message like is that the basic play throwing your left tackle I could have been more wrong for the right but opposite reason and so my takeaway from the game was coach reed really wanted that game because of how much he opened up and how much he showed in situations where they were rolling they didn't necessarily have to throw you know those some of those screen looks that they haven't shown before they showed plays i had never seen in practice those were developed this off season during otas when media wasn't allowed to be there when fans weren't allowed to be at training camp and when fans are at training camp and their cell phones are out coach just assumes that all those plays are being studied you know by the Bengals and whoever because those they do pay attention to it you have to it's a competitive advantage to put that stuff out there well none of that happened this year so you have a lot of looks and a lot of formations a lot of things that people haven't seen in these unscouted looks we saw a lot more of them against the ravens than i expected because it's so early in the year but because they showed it in the way that they went out and attacked it made me feel like they wanted to go out there and prove a point. It started with Coach. It had to have been the messaging all week long in the locker room because he saw the players tweet after the game. And they were as edgy as Chiefs players get in this environment, like with their takes of Frank saying, like, we broke your, we, you know, busted your door down, took your stuff and went back home. And uh, there were a few guys that tweeted stuff more often than I'm used to seeing. Yeah, They made it seem like there was kind of a message in the locker room that week. And coach Reed must've been leading it the way he was calling some plays.
2: Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you wanted to talk specifically about Andy Reed in that particular uh, question, because that my next question has everything to do with Andy. He's been an NFL head coach now for over 20 years. uh, Eight of those being here in Kansas city with the chiefs. He's been insanely successful for the large majority of that time, and it's no mystery that he's widely respected across the league. But, I mean, from your experiences in getting to know Andy, what is it that you think makes him the great man and coach that everyone loves and respects? What makes him so consistently elite at what he does and getting the most out of his athletes and leaving a lasting legacy with the men he works with? Man,
0: you got some questions. Yeah, like <laughs> hey, we get BJ like, Kissel. like a thesis when on we get, this. When like, we get
2: BJ Kissel on the show. We got to ask the hard, tough questions, man. All why
0: right. is it one of the five best NFL coaches in NFL history the way he is? <laughs> um, where's the success come from? Uh, my from the people that I've talked to. I'm not going to pretend to know the game at that level or to know how he's been throughout his entire career. I have had a chance to ask a lot of questions. I think I've wrote the most detailed thing ever written about coach reading. It was about 12,000 word long form. I talked to most of the people in his life, but you know, it's, The things that I've learned about Coach that I absolutely love that won't necessarily give you the X's and O's, but just give you the kind of genuine person. He's so good with people. You'll never find anybody to say anything negative about him, which in this environment with the personalities and the egos of different coaches, GMs, owners, media people, like all of it, nobody's going to say anything negative about Coach Reed, which is fantastic. it's a storyline that hasn't been discussed and probably won't be until he's done coaching Um, that that's an aspect of just him that people don't talk about. But, you know, he still talks weekly to like his, uh, I think it was his middle school basketball coach. His name was Dick Kiwan where he had like a weekly conversation with him where he, And to make a long story short, he never loses touch with people from, you know, that he grew up with or his friends, or he never big leagues anybody. He doesn't have that kind of personality trait in him. So when it comes to players, if they were a practice squad guy that played for him for two weeks, 15 years ago, he's going to treat that guy with respect. That guy is going to have positive things to say about him. So that his ability to relate to people, and he spoke a lot about this publicly of just growing up where he did in Los Angeles and that it was a very ethnically diverse area. And he grew up with people of all different kinds of backgrounds and he learned at a very early age how to just get along with everybody and that you know we all have more in common uh, especially when they're out there playing football together you have that thing to kind of rally behind and so I think those stories have shaped kind of how he deals with people which is so much of this business and then from the football aspect he just got in with the right people and he would tell you that as well because from Mike Holmgren to Um, You know, his coach up at San Francisco State, uh, Vic Rowan, who was a legendary coach at this small school, but had guys like Dirk Cutter and Mike Holmgren and Andy Reid all came out of that because he was basically a, a teacher of coaches and he taught coaches how to go about their business. And coach Reeds talked about Dick, uh, excuse me, Vic Rowan quite a bit. And then obviously Holmgren, uh, once they got to the league and kind of followed him there, but Steve Mariucci and John Gruden, all these guys, he said, he's learned from, you know, he's been in some really good situations and he's had the work ethic and all those intrinsic things that, um, you know, he already had to, that most successful people have as far as just work ethic and things like that. But, um, those two things. And then the third and final one, and I'll never forget David Coley, uh, former chiefs assistant coach told me this, that he loved working with coach Reed because I think we were talking in the middle of the season. I think it may have been like November. He told me, you know, a year and a half in like April 15th of, you know, two years from now, if I'm working for coach Reed, I could tell you exactly what I'm going to be doing. He was so buttoned up with his coaches that everyone knew exactly what to expect. There was never going to be surprises. There's never going to be surprise days off that you see with some coaches. He's never going to do that, but he's never going to change anything either. The schedule is the schedule, and guys learn to respect that, and it's tough – it's demanding. It, it asks a lot of them, but if you just, you're just you the same guy every single day and your coaches know what to expect of you, they know how to book their vacations so their families know what to expect. And the trickle-down effect just gets everyone in the organization on the same page, and he has had that plan of how to run the entire organization from the top down since he first interviewed for the job with the Eagles and had a three-ring binder that had his entire plan, not just for X's and O's and how to win games, but how to set up an entire organization.
2: Leading into the 2020 season, I I have been proudly making the claim that the Chiefs are the only true Super Bowl contender in the AFC. And that's with all due respect to these respectable franchises like the Ravens, Bills, Steelers, and Patriots. But to me, there are levels to this. And to me, no one is close to the Chiefs when you look at the big picture in regards to who the AFC runs through. Am I a little arrogant here with this take? Or or do you think that that the AFC and the Chiefs have a tight grip of dominance in 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 a similar light? In your opinion, do you see it the same way?
0: I think they have a, a grip on the dominance, but I would say it is slightly arrogant to, to say, to not give the due respect for those other teams and that Lamar Jackson can get loose a couple of times if they don't contain the right way. And that can be the difference in a game. Uh, when Patrick Mahomes is on, I don't think there's any team that's going to tell, I predict us to go undefeated, not as a hot take guy, but just as a, I can't legitimately look at that schedule and see any where, any reason why if the chiefs play well, that they have the leadership, they have the coaching, they have the talent, and they're all on the same page, why they would trip up. Now, will they? Probably. It, there's a reason that hasn't been done a lot, but um, I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see them do that. But I would say the Ravens are the one team um, that can jump up and bite you just because they've, they're a complete team. Uh, the one thing that they lack, we have taken advantage of every time, and that's get Lamar down and make him throw the ball to beat you. And I said going into that game, I thought it was going to be closer than it was, but I said Lamar Jackson has to make five big throws in this game for them to win. doesn't have to be, you know, third and 25, but it has to be a third and seven, and he has to come off his first read and make an accurate throw to the other side of the field. And I didn't think he could do that, and I haven't seen him do that in a pressure situation when the team has been down, and that, that's the knock on him right now. Um, But that being said, there's still too much talent over on that side of the ball on both sides of the ball for the Ravens um, to not feel like if the Chiefs don't play 100%, there's not a team that can bite them. But maybe it's a cop out answer. But if they're playing 100%, no, I don't think anyone's going to beat them.
2: So that sounds that sounds like my arrogance. I mean that's it's it's a it's a cousin to my arrogance. I would say, but no. In, in all seriousness, um, speaking of mis- you know the hot take of sixteen and zero, I've, you're not the only person that shares that. Actually, I've been hearing that growing as as the short season has has been going on. Um, a lot of people though this week, because of the Patriots nostalgia and Cam Newton actually playing very good football to this point, um, a lot of people I've been hearing at the national level are saying that this could be the upset of the week. BJ, the sixteen zero part aside, if they were to slip up, is this the type of game that you could see the Chiefs actually doing that in between a big Monday night football game against the Ravens where they made a statement, and then you have the Raiders, you know, it's always a divisional game, and then you have the Bills coming up in Buffalo in a short week. Do you think this could be that game?
0: Yeah. I, can I see a scenario in which the Chiefs don't play well and that the Patriots win? Yeah. And it's easier to say because, I mean, the Patriots have one of the five best coaches in NFL history. And no matter how much talent the Chiefs have, let's not pretend that Bill Belichick can't throw a few wrinkles at Patrick Mahomes. And we've seen it before. I think Mahomes is a better player now than he was you know a couple of years ago during that first half, which is probably the first, the worst half of Patrick Mahomes' career of any game. Now we Turned it on in the second half, we all know, but um, yeah, I could see a scenario in which Bill Belichick throws enough wrinkles and some, some breaks go their way that uh, they jump up and, bite the Chiefs. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's likely, but I can see scenarios in which that happens just because of the coaching. The Chiefs will always have, in my opinion, a predominant coaching advantage just because of how much respect I have for Coach Reed and for Steve Spagnolo. But this is one of those games where I have just as much respect for Bill Belichick and what he's done throughout his career. So um, it's going to take the third option. That's the thing with Belichick. He's always going to try to take away your first two. And uh, my guess would be Tyreek and Kelsey would be those two guys. So I expect another big day from Clyde edwards Lair, but maybe it's D-Rob's day. You know, he's going to have a couple of those during the season. We saw it last year in Oakland, so I um, guess we'll see.
2: Yeah, well, and on the defensive side of things, I mean, it's been no mystery for the last few years that Chiefs have had real problems at linebacker, and that's why I was really excited about them drafting Willie Gay Jr. And, and, and this is just something that I maybe am not understanding or maybe I'm missing, which is why I'm asking you the question, Uh, is there a problem with Willie Gate to this point of the season or are the Chiefs just simply easing him into the year and we just all need to take a breather and take a step back and realize that this is just the process with a young player?
0: Yeah, it's one of those I would love to be at practice and just be kind of paying attention, not to what kind of plays he makes, but how much extra time are the coaches spending with him and talking with him, and when you see those types of things, you know that mentally he's just trying to catch up, and this was a unique offseason, and that this isn't the easiest defense to run, especially the packages that he's learning uh, as a linebacker who can run with some of these dime places, so hopefully a guy like Ben Neiman can bring him along, but it's hard for me to speak on some of that kind of stuff just because I'm not there, and I, it was easy when I was, you know, behind the scenes at practice to kind of be able to share some of that insight, but that's just, you know, I'm on the outside now. I don't really know uh, what the deal is, but it doesn't seem to be anything physical from watching him play. Uh, so the, it would make the most sense that he just he's they're bringing him along at learning one spot. And I know that they, they said early on he was going to learn both Will and Sam. Uh, so see how it comes along with that but I'm excited he's one of the players I was most excited about coming out of the draft and I also trust Spagnolo and uh the linebacker coach Matt House so uh, they'll get him ready to go
2: okay BJ last question here for you tonight man and again we do appreciate the fact you took the time out because I know that you know okay. you got you're about to go clubbing from the way it looks so okay.
0: uh, <laughs> i got my Seattle lifelong seattle yeah! kraken fan is what i'm rocking yeah! right now i have no allegiance i have no allegiances to a hockey team <laughs> and uh, the vp actually who hired me when i first joined the chiefs uh, bill chapin is now an executive vp for the seattle kraken went up there and helped and basically ran their brand and all that killer content we saw bill oversaw all of it yeah. so i texted him that i'm a lifelong seattle kraken fan dude, now that logo so i got an that, nhl team i
2: ain't gonna lie that that logo is sick dude when i saw them drop oh, it, it i saw kent from uh, arrowhead pride kent swanson was dro- was talking about it i was like i'm not a fan either i have no allegiances i might get me one of those just because it's sick as hell man i mean that S- yeah i gotta S- learn hockey
0: i know nothing about hockey but i'll figure it out
2: <laughs> well you'll you,
0: shoot it every time
2: you're you with the chiefs i believe for what six years correct Yep. All right. So six years, we we know you got stories, and I and I'm sure that there are many of them you're going to take to the grave, and I respect that. But never ask for you to share them, especially in a public format like this. But if you could, man, just just share with us a memory that either made you laugh or something that you will never forget. I know you mentioned that earlier. Something you'll never forget while performing at that capacity uh, with the Chiefs during that time of your career. If there's a, just a story that always you know comes up that you just love to think about from time to time throughout your week.
0: It's a good question. And I I can't show all of the details of this because I don't want to out anyone. Um, But I shared this earlier and it wasn't in a public forum. But because Patrick Mahomes is going to go down as the greatest football player to ever live, Um, not a hot take at this point. No, it's not. No, it's not. uh, Looking back, and we've used, I edited the video about six different times and we tried to use it every way we can. But I had a chance to interview him on Radio Row about three months before we drafted him. And his agent, Lee Steinberg, and his son, Matt, were kind of walking around Radio Row and just saying, hey, and the way that Radio is set up, if you guys have been there, it's just r- literally rows and rows and rows of thousands of radio stations and podcasts and print media all over the place. So it's just a zoo of people running around. Well, they're running around saying, hey, do you want to interview, uh, it was Patrick Mahomes and Jamal Williams, the running back for the Packers. They had the same agent and they were together. So they're running around trying to get him to do as much media as possible. They walked by our table and was like, hey, do you want to interview Patrick Mahomes? And I was like, hell yeah, I want to interview Patrick. Mahomes like, That's the guy I want us to draft. Right. Like, we got to take a quarterback. So he sat down and we've used, like I said, we've used the interview a few times because for whatever reason, I was smart enough to ask about like no look passes in college. And so like we spoke about it and, and that's just content gold for us to use him talking about it way back then. And then fast forward to the Ravens game, all that. But uh, I'll never forget a handful of questions that we asked that we had to cut from the interview that you can't even find it. We like literally deleted ah. them the moment we had them. Um, but let's just say when I asked Patrick Mahomes, like, what do you know about, you know, the Chiefs franchise? What do you know about, you know, just the Kansas City Chiefs? We had to cut his next like two and a half minutes out because I was like, that's amazing, but we can't use any of this. <laughs> and let's just say I wasn't terribly surprised when we drafted him. But <laughs> when he, as soon as he said it, I was like, that's amazing. Fans would go absolutely crazy. This would break the internet, but I would lose my job right now. <laughs> like we can't use this, dude. And now he won't answer those questions like that. But yeah. at that time, it was just like, "That's cool. Don't be that honest. <laughs> Don't ever tell anyone that ever again." <laughs> like, oh, he's there's gonna... no chance that he would have fallen to us. That somebody would have hopped in front of oh, us. I guarantee you. Oh, he's
2: got a he's got a PR coach that's elite, man. Because this dude is so good at, at the press conferences. Now you can't oh. get anything from him. He is as buttoned up as anything you've ever seen, man. So I, I I definitely can only imagine what that authenticity was like for you to experience, man. That's so I'm so glad that you got to experience that. And you know, just to add to this real quick before we let you go, man, I I don't think you'll remember this. But it was six years oh. ago. It was your first year as the Chiefs reporter. And I was up at a training camp every single day. And I would stand you're up, on, standing up on the hill. You remember? Yeah. Oh my God, you remember? You're standing this. right at the corner. You remember You're this. standing
0: right at the corner. Dude, yeah.
2: I, I don't know what you remember of that. We only talked for like maybe five or six minutes, but mm-hmm. I, I just learned who you were and I started following you and I followed your work, and I, I remember I just shook your hand. I didn't think we were going to be able to talk at all because I knew you're busy. You're running around. But you sat there and you talked to me and you broke down some rookies to look for. You're like, "Hey man, look out for this guy. Look out for this guy." And and I actually remember the names. I remember you talking to me about these guys. And the whole time Uh-oh. I'm sitting there. No, I'm not going to drop. Don't worry, I'm not going to drop the names. But <laughs> I, I just sat there and listened. I'm like, "Man, this hey, guy- I
0: loved Kenny Cook back in the day, and everyone will tell you that he was my guy <laughs> was, in OTA. That was, that was, was my guy. That was
2: one of them. I will say that was that was one of them. But uh, but but just the, right, just the it. fact that I'm just some some young schmuck out there trying to just you know get my voice heard man and this in this crazy world we live in and you know talk Chiefs the team I've loved since I can remember anything uh, for you to sit there and, and and to be a part of this organization and to take the time and just break down some stuff to me I will never forget that and I've respected the hell out of you ever since even more so and so for you know six years later for you to come on our show dude and and do this this is it's it's just pretty bewildering I love it man I really appreciate you taking this time and taking the time all the way back then, man. It, it, it may not have been much back then, but it meant everything to me as a young kid. I remember so, it, yeah. I
0: yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the comment. And like I said, I, I try to be as honest as I can about it. just kind of my vibe towards the job was just I was that same person. I was you. I was sitting up in the stands in 2013 with my wife with season tickets. And so I was just a blogger, a Chiefs fan who my platform kept getting bigger. And so when people would ask me questions, I never lost. I, I still don't like I was that guy. Like I was, I am you guys. So like, I just happened to have a cool seat um, that I got lucky and was able to get because I worked my tail off. I'm not going to pretend not downplay uh, years of working my ass off, but um, yeah, I never, I'll always talk to whoever I still will. Um, if anyone cares, talk to me now that I'm not in the locker room, <laughs> uh, but, but uh, yeah, there's some good stories and uh, we've got our own podcast and, you guys kill it here, and uh, we'll come on whenever and share some stories. No big deal.
2: That means a lot. And just for the record, man, those six years, we're glad you had that seat, man, and, we, and we're lucky to have you here in Kansas City. So that is BJ Kissel with Let It Fly Media. You guys can hit him up at Let It Fly BJ on Twitter. Dude's got incredible content. I think you guys are doing your show at Jack Stack, is that correct?
0: Uh, Yeah, they're the presenting sponsor for our podcast. Uh, We're going to do a couple shows later in the season um, at a location. We're kind of waiting for the COVID stuff, and we're just trying to be respectful of all that and and figure out things on our end. Uh, Nick and I aren't very smart, and so when you put us together, uh, we kind of have to fight our way through it, (laughs) but we get it done.
2: Fair enough. BJ, you look happy, man. I'm so happy that you get to spend more time with your kids. You have a beautiful family. Thank you so much, and promise you you, I will be bothering you some more as the year goes on. I want to get you back on the show and get your thoughts on the Chiefs, man
0: absolutely anytime Lance that's BJ Kissel
2: thank you so much for being here man definitely follow my guy BJ Kissel guys that was a great that man I could have done this for another three hours with my guy but I ain't gonna be that selfish but we're gonna take a quick break because when we get back guys we're gonna get to the Eddie hour get some thoughts from Eddie cannot wait Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo I know you got some thoughts I'm sure you got some uh some hot trying to get me triggered it may work this week I mean my guy BJ got me fired up so I, I, I might I might be on my edge this week so we'll get back to that guys after this Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for Segment Number Three. I am your host Lance Twidwell here inside the KCP and studios. My guys, Trevor Twidwell, That's good? Mr. Yo-yo-yo yo, RTS, yo 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 Eddie Ortiz, and the one and only Gad on the ones and twos. Oh, that was a that was a bucket list bucket list moment That's for me.
3: Starstruck, man. It, look,
2: I, I don't I don't view it as any mystery. Every <laughs> Chiefs fan in the world knows who BJ Kissel is. He's been a humongous inspiration of mine. Uh, I'm just, like I said, I can't respect the dude enough and I'm so glad he took the time out. And and guys, I'm telling you, the dude is happy. I know he's happy. Just, I know, I know he miss probably misses his job with the chiefs a little bit, but I, I can see it, man. He's, He's definitely again a good place, and he's enjoying his time with his kiddos. They're his world, and it's just good to see him happy, man. But we're gonna miss him. We're definitely gonna miss him on the sidelines. He was incredible at his job, and definitely follow them, guys. Uh, definitely follow him at Let It Fly BJ on uh, on Twitter and Let It Fly Media. They they got a really good good thing going, and we consider them uh, uh, a great associate and 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 friends in this business. So in the meantime, while I'm done being starstruck for a little bit, I'm gonna hand it over to my guy Eddie Ortiz, Ooh. Mr. Yo Yo Yo, because we have the Eddie Hour okay. to attend. So let's get this, guys. Get your seats, buckle up, safety first, get your <laughs> seatbelts on, grab some popcorn, grab some flasks, whatever you got, and let's get this thing going. What's the Eddie Hour all about tonight? All
3: right, man. I literally have zero questions that can trigger Lance today, but Ooh. I don't know. I had no questions that could trigger Lance last they week. are to just get triggered on purpose. Yeah, it's like last week I had no trigger questions, and he got triggered, so <laughs> we'll see how this goes. First question we're going to go straight into the MLB playoffs have started. Uh, we've we've seen our teams already advance to the to division the games. Uh, Lance, is this Clayton Kershaw Clayton Kershaw's year to pretty much either uh, win the World Series or just be done?
2: Uh, it's it's hard to say w- be done uh, because that sounds so final for a guy who's only thirty two years old. I would say that it's only going to get dramatically harder from here on out because, and especially in baseball, like there's so many moving parts and you have to have so many things right to get to the place they've been at for the last three four years. So I would say that this is more than likely one of the last opportunities he's going to ever have of even contending, let alone being in this position as the arguably best team in baseball. You can only hold on for so long. I know they just acquired Mookie Becks this last offseason, and he's arguably the best player in baseball outside of you know Tatis and uh, Trout. But I, I would say that, that he this is the time to prove it because if, if, let's say let's say the Dodgers end up winning a World Series in a few years, but Clayton's on the back end, he's 35, 36. he's no longer like that ACE pitcher. That's not gonna mean as much as if he was still who he is right now being a sub three ERA type of pitcher. And then they win the World Series. Like that's just it. It's, it hits differently for your legacy. So for Clayton, I'm hoping that that does happen. Even though I didn't have the Dodgers winning the World Series as a major fan of Clayton's, and believes that he's the best pitcher of his generation, he's got to get that chip. Not because that's what makes an individual great, but for his legacy and knowing that that pitchers oftentimes get judged by playoff success and not playoff success. Knowing he's been a choke artist in some regard, he's gonna have to turn this one around. I think he can do it. In a short season where he's rested and he's not worn out by the season, I think this could be the opportunity for him to do it. So to to flip your question a little bit, I think this is the perfect opportunity for him to do so. Not the final, but the perfect opportunity.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think this is obviously his best opportunity. And I think he knows that. I think he's well aware of that. I did have the Dodgers winning the World Series, so I do think this will be the time he gets over the hump and finally gets it done and doesn't choke. Um, he's had his injuries. He's had you know he's got a lot of miles on that on that arm um he's kind of an old 32 he's not a young guy he's, he's had, like I said he's got a lot of miles on him so I think he's well aware of where he's at in his career and what he needs to accomplish at this point he's got the accolades he's got the numbers um especially you know in the regular season so he knows he needs to capitalize and this is his best opportunity to do so um and I fully expect him to I think the Dodgers are just outrightly the best team in the MLB um and I fully expect him to, to to win the World Series this year all
3: right so uh I believe they won game two today mm-hmm. uh and I think they they advanced, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they're saying Clayton Kershaw played regular Kershaw baseball and the playoffs. So that's important. So oh, regular season Kershaw on the playoffs, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. hit him. That's yeah. important. Yeah. You so, can't hit him. That's that's the kind of game supposedly he had today. I did not watch the game, so I can't I can't say for a fact he did. Mm-hmm. But they're saying he played regular season Kershaw today. Watch so. out, baseball! <laughs> yeah. Watch out, baseball! All right, man. Uh. There's some uh, rumors out there going uh, circulating. We're gonna go to the NBA now. Uh, I believe Mark Gasol is, all, is uh, supposedly leaving uh, the NBA for FC Barcelona this year. Yeah. Now. Really. What yeah. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I'm shocked. I, I know. I know Mark is 35, so. Maybe him and the Raptors had a conversation where, like, hey, we're not planning on bringing you back, and he doesn't want to play for another franchise at this point of his career. He doesn't want to be, you know, trying to move around in the NBA. Maybe he doesn't want to take on the roles that the NBA is going to be offering him at this time of his career. Maybe he was guaranteed a lot from FC Barcelona. I, I don't I, – that's that's very surprising to me. But, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I know that him and his brother both being from Spain, they probably have all their family back home with the way 2020's gone. I don't want to speak for him, yeah. but if I'm just theorizing here. To make sense for him in a personal manner, it does make sense, especially when he's played, what, 13, 14 years in the pros. He's borderline Hall of Fame. I don't think he'll get there, but he's been awesome in his career.
1: One of the best defenders of his time.
2: Yeah, it definitely shocks me. I I think he's still very much good enough to play in the NBA, but maybe there's some personal reasons. Maybe he just wants to come home. Maybe his parents are getting older. I I mean, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of... 2020's been hard on a lot of people, man. Maybe this has just been a rough year for him and his family, and he just wants to retire out there in Spain. Who knows? I mean, he's made tons of money in the NBA. He's had a lot of success. He's a a champion, a defensive player of the year. I mean, maybe he's right off in the sunset in his own way. I, I think it's poetic. I think it's awesome if that's the case. But other than that, if, if if he's like, no, I want to play in the NBA, but I, then I'll be like, dude, then play in the NBA. You know, you're still good enough. Like, I don't know.
1: That's just where I'm at. Yeah, I think it's pretty simple. He's he's going back home towards home. Um, he was starting his his NBA career was starting to dwindle. Uh, this past couple seasons, he became more of a accent piece, uh, a slight control. I mean, he barely played much at all this past season, um, and that was a very good uh, Toronto team he was on, and he didn't really have much, you know. To offer that team much He was in, the, in and out every once in a while Rarely played at all in the postseason um, So I think he kind of knew he can he can go back there uh, To Barcelona and, and, and shine And still be one of the best players over there um, So I just think it's more of a I think it was a business decision And a personal decision at the same time I think it was he knows he can go over there And you know Showcase his talents a little more than he could in the NBA Because I think the NBA just kind of passed him up a little bit
4: Alright all
3: right. so you guys don't think he'll make the, the Hall of Fame
1: no, I, I don't. Um Mark was Mark was really
2: really good in his prime in like the tail end, like his like early mid 30s. But it took him a while to really become the player he was. Like I mean it literally took him like 5 6 years and he only like I said I think he played 13 or 14 years in the NBA. So I have a hard time imagining that he just wasn't a good enough individual player to get to the Hall of Fame status. There's been there's been players better than him that aren't in the Hall of Fame that you know should be and I just don't think he did enough. I think if he would have stuck it out and, unfortunately, rings are going to matter, and I know he won one. But if, let's say, he was a part of, like, three or four championship teams, and he had the numbers he had and the duration he had, he probably has a, a significantly better chance. But at this point, I just I don't see it happening. Just don't see it happening.
3: Yeah. So, Paul Gasol was the better of the brother. Without question, for sure.
2: Pau Gasol, in his time, was one of the ten best players in the NBA.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. He was a walking 20 and 13 like, every single night. While shooting 48-50% from the field. Knocked down free throw and, shooter. And
1: a good really, passer. Good, really and a good, good passer. Defender. He was a good really, Yes. And Both a Gasol brothers can pass.
2: Like I'm not saying... like That was Kobe's teams when they won those two championships back-to-back. Yeah. But Pau Gasol is but, the reason those teams got there, if that was, makes he was, sense. Uh, he
1: was a star at that time. Yes, he was a because, legitimate co-star. Yes, exactly. because
2: of the fact that... For six years, Kobe didn't do anything. It was it like five years? Four, five, four to six years. He didn't do anything. I mean,
1: he was soft, but they was, went. Get,
2: they went on Phil Jackson, Derek Fisher, Ron Artest, or a metal World piece, and then uh, Lamar Odom with Pau Gasol and Pau Gasol and 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 especially in that 2010 Finals, yeah. probably should have won Finals MVP. He was averaging like 24 and 14. Like it was a he was a monster yeah. against those Celtics teams. So. Yes, Paul Gasol, without question, pro, football, pro, pro Basketball Hall
3: of Famer. No questions asked. All right. Uh, NBA again. Uh, so today the NBA commissioner has stated that Christmas remains as the earliest time for the 2020 season to start. I want to get your thoughts on that. I actually love it. And the reason why is because I think that this is when basketball should start, period.
2: Whether there was COVID or not reason why is this Trevor and I and I don't want to speak for Trevor I'll speak for myself I'm an avid NBA fan I don't get into basketball season as as vehemently as I do until November late November early December reason why is because football is still so much like in its blossoming stage that I'm not paying attention to other leagues as much admittedly so I'm just not because while the football seasons all you know going full it's like week five or week six by the time they're playing basketball, The players aren't even playing stuff at that time. Like, you you won't see, like, star players even playing hard and going 40 minutes at a time because they use that as, like, a a preseason, basically. The first, like, 10 to 15 regular season games of the NBA. So you're really not getting that competitive quality you're looking and craving for so i'm going to watch two months of bass, of too much of football two months of football and then in december when the christmas games you know those awesome matchups that you put together you'll get like those five six matchups that you've been waiting for that's when you feel like the season really kicks off mm-hmm. and then the all-star break comes and then you know that the seedings really start to take shape it all starts during christmas They know that. Like, the marketing of the NBA is beautiful when it comes to Christmas. Well, they know
1: everybody's home. Right.
2: Everyone's home for the holidays. Everyone's in front of the, the TV, if we're being honest, in front of our technology. It's genius. So what better way to capitalize on that than saying, hey, it's the season opener. It's the Lakers versus Warriors for, you know, the first game, Celtics versus Raptors or whatever, like these pristine, cool, prestigious matchups to start your season on a holiday, the viewership is going to be insane. I mean, it's going to be nuts. So I, I would prefer that every year from here on out, period. I've always said that. And, and maybe this is a blessing in disguise for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me personally, basketball is my favorite sport. It always has been. Um, so, I mean, Christmas basketball, NBA matchups, I get up for just like I get up for Thanksgiving football it's the equivalent to me. So, uh, especially, I mean, they usually always have the, like these past few years with the Warriors and, and, and you know, uh, Cavs matchups they've been putting, you know, and then recently with the the Clippers and Lakers, they, they always find ways to match up the stars and, and have great games. Um, so I, the starting point being there, I, I don't think, I don't see a better way to kick off, you know, the NBA than on the holiday, the biggest holiday of the year, pretty much for everybody. So, I mean, I think it's a cool idea. I think it's a good idea. I think moving forward, it could be a great idea to do that. You know, continuing on um, for the seasons to come. So, I mean, I'm all in. I'm all for it. I don't think they'll do that moving forward every year, but obviously, it makes sense with the way everything's set up and played out this year. But um, I love it, man. It makes it more exciting for me to kick off the year. You know, not knowing what to expect. You know, and then kicking off on a holiday with the excitement that with that much more excitement added to it is. Just, as a fan, you he can't really ask for much more as an NBA fan. So I love it. All
3: right. Now we're going to move into to NFL. And first question is um, – okay, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> trying, to, trying to figure out I – got, I got like four questions. I'm trying to figure out which one. All right. Will Ken Newton be a Patriots player for the remainder of his career?
2: Ask the question one more time. Will mm. Cam
3: Newton be a Patriots player for the remainder of his career?
2: I'm going to say no. Um, I think if he was a couple years younger, I would say yes. And, and and the reason why isn't because I don't think he won't be good enough. I just think that... I don't think Belichick wants to end his career with another aging quarterback, if that makes sense. Because although Cam is, what, 12 years younger than Brady... Cam has taken a beating in his career. And it's hard for me to imagine that the the, the Patriots, even if the season goes well, they're going to extend him to a long-term deal. Because this team, whether they want to admit it or not, are going to have to rebuild in a lot of ways. And for Cam's side of things, is Cam really going to want to be a part of that with knowing that the AFC is only going to get more of a sure thing with the Chiefs and the Ravens? Is he going to want to go maybe back to the NFC? Because as crazy as it sounds, when you have more better teams in the NFC, there's more of an opening in the NFC, you know, to, to succeed. Because in the AFC, you know, it's the Chiefs dominating right now. It's, it's like, they, I mean, we're going to talk about this in a second. They had Patriots beat reporters talking about this game, saying that their hope is to get a moral victory yeah. out of this game. So, that should tell you the mindset going on in the AFC right now. For Cam, you would think, ideally, playing for Belichick would be it. Like, that's the golden, you know, situation. But I don't know if it really is for Cam. Because he also can make better money going elsewhere. Because I don't think the Patriots, being a team that does not lock up players long-term often, I can't imagine they're going to be locking up a 32-year-old Cam Newton for a long period of time. So I'm gonna, I'm just going to, at this time, say no. But, I mean, th- they've started the season out really well, better than I honestly expected to this point. So I'm not going to rule it out completely, but I- I'm going to lean very confidently on the no side.
1: I mean, I think it solely depends on how this season plays out. I think, you know... If he's great, if he plays great and they win 12 games, I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, this is kind of like an interview season for him yeah. for other jobs because there's going to be a lot of quarterback jobs open. Oh, yeah. Shit, we don't know what the Bears are going to do moving forward. I know they signed Nick Foles, but I think the Bears would be a great spot for him to land. Um, you know, There's a lot of open spots. That's why I was surprised that Rivera didn't bring him over to Washington. That's not a bad spot either. Um, either way, there's going to be a lot of – just as from what we've seen so far of Cam, he looks sharp. He looks great. He looks, he looks like 2015 Cam right now. He's played really, really well. And I think he's thrown the football better than I've ever seen him throw, um, especially that Seattle game. I don't think I've ever seen him throw the football as good as that game, ever. Um, so, like I said, I think a lot of it just hinges on his his the steady success of this year. You know, whether it starts to trend upward, how he does against the big teams. He played really good against Seattle. Should have won that game if we're being honest. Um, and if he plays really good against us and possibly beats the Chiefs, I don't see that happening. But if that happens, you know he's just, he's helping his 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 future moving forward. So um, I could see I could definitely see the Patriots locking him up for like a couple like another two year deal, two three year deal. Maybe yeah, I mean because he's already what thirty one. He'll be thirty two at the end of this season. 30, okay, so I mean you know three year deal, giving you know having lock him up until his mid thirties. But the thing is, he's an aging rushing quarterback. Um, Which is why it
2: makes me think he's going to capitalize trying to make money on a bad team.
1: Somewhere. True. Yeah, and I mean, I can definitely see the Jaguars making a move or something like that. You know, him just getting paid. But he's already made it. But he's also said made statements about money. How he's obviously made a lot of money. He himself is a, a legitimate brand by himself. So he's got money. The guy's made a lot of money. He's been in the Super Bowl. He's been an MVP in this league. So he's he's a proven commodity. So uh, it's just a matter of his health. I think if he stays healthy this year and and balls out like he's already been balling out. He's gonna get a job regardless, but being a Patriot, I don't know if I can see Cam being a, a long-term Patriot. That just doesn't. Uh, the fact that it took the Patriots that long to even decide to sign him this year, this off season. I mean, I know no one else did either, but the fact that it took them that long to find like, okay, we'll give him a shot. You know, it's worked out for him so far. He looks good, and they're they're, they're capitalizing on that. But as far as long-term, I'm gonna have to side on the, the the side of no right now. But I won't be surprised if it does happen though. Like I said, if they lock him up for another three or four years. You know, for ten plus million or something. I'll be like shocked
2: that. if it's three or four years. I'd be very shocked. Yeah, yeah. The Patriots don't usually do that with aging players. They usually know when to get out. For sure.
1: And
3: since we're on the topic of the Patriots, uh there's also a rumor that's been circulating the internet about the Patriots being in talks with the Falcons about possibly trading for Julio Jones. Now I want to hear your thoughts on that.
2: Adding a player that that elite is automatically gonna make you just from a respectable sure. scenario that much more of, of a better team. You know, I'd be interested to see like how him and Cam would work together, not just period, but like with with the fact that they didn't practice together, they'd be it'd be right in the middle of the season. Again, I think on a respect factor, you know that your defense is gonna have to gawk that way each and every time, even if he's just gonna be used as a decoy. And the fact that Julio's not a touchdown guy. So, is he going to rack the yards up? Probably. But at the end of the day, the Patriots are still going to be a run-first offense. Because that's the, that's Cam's style. Like, even back in his 2015 MVP season, they were a run-first offense. And it's because he had a two-headed monster in Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams, and him. Because at that time, I think he set the records for rushing touchdowns and rushing yards for a, a, a quarterback in a single season. So, first of all, I don't see the trade happening. I don't because I, I don't think the Patriots are going to try to pull that because the, the Falcons are going to ask for way too much. And, I, and and he's one of those players, again, I don't think the Patriots are going to sign long-term. And if they're going to trade away valuable assets for a lifelong Falcon, they're going to have to pay him money eventually to make sense of that trade. You don't trade him for half a season. That doesn't make sense. And he's he, he'll he be 32 as well. Julio Jones is starting to have some injury problems. So I, I, I just don't see that trade happening. I don't want to down it, but let's say it does happen. Sure, it might make them a little better maybe a point or two better per game doesn't make them the super bowl favorites so would the patriots really pull that trigger knowing it doesn't make them better than the chiefs i don't see it i just don't see it
4: Eddie, you know damn well that was a troll reporter right that was a confirmed troll oh count. was it really yeah it was absolutely a it's confirmed a fair quote it's well, cuz i did <laughs> see <laughs> that
3: there was there was multiple
4: i think was a troll count? i didn't anything heard about Hall, that right that was like... yeah
3: yeah. Oh,
2: so. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, honestly, it's a good. It's I
4: think it's, it's a fair question though. Yeah. Question.
2: Yeah, I think it's a fair question because like uh, Matt Ryan was even there was even rumors about him.
3: And for me, it's, I, know, I know you were talking about yeah. earlier like about the fucking pulling the ben, ben, trigger ben, ben, on, on Matt Ryan. Cause cause the, is, the
2: fucking suck and, and, and Julio and Matt Ryan are aging <sighs> star players in this league. I want to see both. Quite frankly, I want to see them both get out. I would love to see both of them get out of at Atlanta. Dan Quinn's a terrible coach. They're a terribly ran franchise at this time. It's, it's time. Like, I want to see Matt Ryan go to a contender. I want to see him go to, like, the freaking 49ers or a team We just need like to trade
1: McCall Hardman and Sammy Watkins in a second-round pick for Julio Jones. Relax. And just run this shit back Whoa. all the way, bro. So,
2: so he can pull his hamstring on our team? Are yeah, you We're going to talk
1: about Sammy Watkins, though.
2: Uh, dude, I, I'm just saying, <laughs> like... I'm that, what you, what
1: dude, want, I would trade that all day. I'm
2: not saying I wouldn't. Okay, obviously, I would take Julio Jones over <laughs> Sammy Watkins. I'm saying, that would
1: be unfair in every aspect of football, bro.
2: You have to look at you have to look at the camaraderie of a team, though.
1: Oh, I'm just you know I'm what I mean. Like in the middle of the season, there, if Julio yeah.
2: Jones is a free agent, you better believe I'd be like Chiefs. Bro, go try to f- compete for that guy. I'm not saying overspend on him, but if we can get Julio Jones, then you freaking do it. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, even in this offense, Julio Jones wouldn't even be the number one target. You know what mm. I mean? Like, he would not be. Travis Kelsey is automatically the first target on this team. As far Absolutely.
1: As, uh, yeah.
2: Absolutely. He'd be the number one
1: receiver, though, for sure. Yes. He'd, I would
2: ha- imagine him and Tyreek. Yes. That would just be. Julio Jones is still a better receiver than Tyreek Hill. Maybe not after this season. Yeah. But right now, as a seems, is. Tyreek's
1: coming. Tyreek's coming for that number one and spot. Matt Ryan, and I, I said that the Matt Ryan's the year.
2: getting older. He's still a top 5 to 10 dude, quarterback in this league. Balling. Matt Ryan's balling right now. Yeah, he needs... It's not his fault. He's doing, doing everything he can, dude. Yeah. He's
1: throwing like 45 times a game.
2: Yeah. I mean, so, I, yeah. I, I kind of figured there's a troll report too, but I yeah. figured that it's I a fair it. question because it's a I bad team. You have aging stars. This is the kind of stuff that starts to come around anyways. even if like troll accounts are doing that now, you know there's going to start to be that speculation of, oh, yeah. hey, they're 0-5. Oh, they're 1-6. Like, you know, what are they going to do with these guys? You know, like they're... Yeah, it's... they get only it. getting older. You right, exactly. All
3: right. Uh, next question. Talking about how the Falcons are doing this season. There's this question going around Twitter all day today, and I've been seeing people just list off different different teams. Who is the NFL's worst team? Uh, like up to Week Four, it's no question the Jets. Yeah, it's
2: like the Giants are you terrible. It, Eddie. You nailed it. The Giants are terrible. <laughs> the Falcons suck. The Jets. Are an abomination. Talking like defense sucks. You defense had sucks. Brett Ripian, who wasn't even on the Broncos team to start this season. I think it's Rippin. Whatever, yeah. Ripian, Ripian, R I P in whatever you want <laughs> no, to call him. They're ripping it. Ripping in the tearing, whatever you want to call him. This dude goes out there and throws three picks and still wins by double digits. You're trash. Yeah. You had a sig. Not just you didn't just have the quarterback advantage. You had a significant quarterback advantage. Jordan Palmer was on Carson Palmer's brother who develops quarterbacks. He was on Colin Coward's show today. And he talked to like 15 different quarterbacks since last night's game. Every single one of them texted the exact same thing. Sam Darnold is too damn good to be playing for the Jets. He is a damn good player. And that Jets... I don't know how Adam Gaines... I posted on the Spoken. I don't know if you guys saw the post. Of the last four seasons of, 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 of uh, Car- Caldwell's uh, career in, with the Lions, he averaged nine and a half victories a year, got fired. Adam Gase last four seasons averages five and a half wins a game or a season has a job still. I don't know how Adam Gase is still a head coach. That team needs to fire him immediately. They need to pack his bags for him and send him on his way because that franchise is terrible. But don't worry because after this season. Our guy, Eric BNME, the real EB, is going to go to New York and he's going to save Sam Darnold. He's going to save Le'Veon Bell and they're going to get that thing back on track.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think I'm kidding. Watch what happens. It's by far the Jets. I mean, just from what I've seen so far, I haven't seen a team look that bad in a while. As far I mean, and their roster is not terrible. I mean they should off it's not good but I mean it's just you can just see that the, the coaching is just It's
2: the worst team since I've seen since the 08 Lions.
1: There's just no confidence. It's the, yeah,
2: it's the worst team I've seen since The, the 016 yeah. the 16 Browns I think of, of 2016 I want to say. Who's the quarterback for the Lions? Orlovsky? Orlovsky. Or, or, yeah. A couple guys I think but uh, yeah. that, that 2016 Browns team was better than this Jets team. Absolutely. They are without because you know why? They, already, they they have a better coach. Yeah. They had better players. That that Browns team sucked. they were horrible. They are much better than this Jets team, Eddie, and, I lo- Eddie, and I love Eddie might have called it, man. He, that 0-16 is up for grab That and might I, and really I, and happen
3: I, That laughed at me When I said 0-16 I didn't laugh well,
1: I just said that I didn't think it was going to happen I yeah. thought be, they would be One of the worst teams I didn't think they yeah. they'd be this bad I I mean, they're, surprising and me. they're surprising me It's not me. like I had them In the fucking AFC
2: Championship <laughs> yeah. I had them at 4-12 I
4: was also like that About Miami last year Yeah, yeah. I was convinced That they were Going to win at least one game
2: Because mm-hmm. everyone else Was like 6-10 no they they like or, or whatever it was." They, they did a big ass
4: favor Don't see the Jets doing that They don't
2: have Ryan Fitzpatrick So good luck Yep Good luck Good luck, and they don't have they Brian Flores as head coach point. either. Yeah, I
4: feel like Brian Fitzpatrick's been on all these teams. <laughs>
2: yeah. around, so. that's true. <laughs> we should we should name like every team that Brian Fitzpatrick. Has. I can name the Rams, Bills, Jets, uh, Dolphins, Buccaneers. Um, you went to the Titans, right? No, yeah, I said Bills. I, there's that's five so far. Yeah, he was with the Texans. Texans, that's right. That's six. God, dog, this guy's been a—he's done a tour. Hall of Famer.
1: He's done. He's done a damn tour. <laughs> be hey, up, we
2: better put him in the Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor in Kansas City for what like he did yeah. for us last year. He should be on every season. team he played for as a Hall of Honor. <laughs> yeah. he retires number, number fourteen in every franchise he's been
1: on. <laughs> the Jets. The Jets years were fun to watch though. He yeah,
2: had really. He had thirty-two Brandon touchdowns. Brand Marshall
1: and, and uh, what's the, what was the other quarterback uh, Wasn't I that uh, Robbie Wait, Anderson's what? rookie season? No, no, but it was white white boy from Denver that played. Oh, at Denver. oh, Eric Decker. Eric Decker. Yeah, yeah. That was a, that was man. That was a good offense over Respectable there. Respectable team. They both had double digit touchdowns. I think that. Sure year. did. Yeah. Yeah.
3: All right. Next question. Uh, so I want to hear your thoughts on uh, Raheem Mostert. Mostert. Moster- Is that how you say Mostert. Moster- yeah. Okay. Yesterday he tweeted or made comments uh, after or during the Broncos Jets game last night. During the injury that happened, uh, I think it was uh, Fent. If I if I remember no correctly, no, Fent. Yeah, uh, and that tweet he he's quoted saying, "Shut that field down," because obviously he got hurt there. Uh, two defensive uh, mm, the players, and and uh, the 49ers got also got hurt. So, in reaction to the injury yesterday by the by the Broncos player, he tweeted out saying, "Shut that field down." Mm-hmm and then at at NFL, so I want to hear your thoughts on that.
2: I get his frustration. Uh, when you lose two supremely elite co- players on your team and you have Super Bowl hopes to get back to where you were the year before and you're frustrated because you lost, I can understand where Mostert's at, and I probably would be right where he's at. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't buy it. I, I don't think that it's this field that's just tearing these guys up because why is it that it's coincidentally – the other team, but the Jets have none of these injuries suffered because of the the field. I don't think it's that. I think it's, honestly, I hate to be, I don't want to use a cop out here. I think it's just bad luck. I think it's these guys, it's, it's It's just sheer shit luck playing football. It's a violent sport. It's a collision sport. It's not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. There's a difference. And unfortunately, shit like this is going to happen. And we can't sit here and pretend like we have not been seeing injuries across the league, on different fields. Yeah. Same injuries, too. We've seen torn Achilles. We've seen torn ACLs. We've seen all these different injuries. We're not blaming the fields everywhere else. I understand that two guys got hurt in back-to-back plays at that field, and I understand why the question arises. And I, again, understand and sympathize where Mostert's at, where he's at. You know, his quarterback's hurt. Two of his best buddies are hurt that, you know, significantly play a factor in them winning or losing. Yeah, I get it. I'm not going to blame the field. I'm not going to sit here and, and, especially in New York, where although their football teams are shit, the headquarters are up there. It's a pro league. They got a lot of money up there. I don't think they're intentionally having bad fields up there. Maybe it is a bad field. I, I don't think it's to the point where their players getting hit or injured directly because of that. Because if that was the case, like I said, we would see a drop off across the league and just injuries up there in particular. That's not the case.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know... And the weather was nasty, by the way. I'm sorry. Last night, the weather was really nasty. Yeah, well, that the weather being nasty affects real fe- grass fields more than it would turf. Um, but I, I know there's always been like a, a beef between players and ter- a lot of turf fields, certain turf fields. But at the same time, like you said, this is a train wreck type of game. It's a very physical game. You know, there, We've seen shitty... Real grass fields, you know. With even even at Arrowhead, we've had some moments where we almost didn't play on our own field back in the day. And I remember some of those moments when the field just looked terrible. We had like, what was that one year? We had like an event on our field before, like a, before our one of our games, and they didn't like get the field prep very well. Was that an Arrowhead? Or there, there was like the no?
2: that Well, we're talking about Mexico City. That's what it was. Remember that was two yeah, years. Yeah, the yeah, last yeah. season. That was last season. Yeah, yeah. and they end up no. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it was Remember they, had like yeah. That, they had to, like,
1: cover up that patch with mm-hmm. that field, that old the other – because they had the field goal mm-hmm. pole post right there, and they had to, like, try to cover with, with – it, it was an
2: embarrassment. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. An embarrassment.
1: So, I mean, we, you're, there's going to be problems on fields regardless, but I think, like you said, I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards just this, this being a coincidence, you know, the injuries. Um, like you said, the Jets players play on that, that field, you know, more than anyone. So – I don't know. It's a shitty situation. It's, it's 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 and there's like you said, this has been a injury, one of the most injury riddled, if not the most injury riddled season I've seen as a football fan this point in the for NFL. Sure. Yeah. So and I spe- I can understand moster being on the 49ers roster, yeah. who is absolutely more depleted than any yeah. team in the league right now. I can understand his frustrations, absolutely, being at an all time high right now. So it's it's honestly, man, turf fields, regular fields is a part of the game. Is as easy it is for me to sit here and say this? Suck it up, dude. Like it's you just got to just. You're all out there playing. You're professional athletes. This is this is a part of the game. So, it is what it is. It just I I understand his his frustrations being a like I said a part of the 49ers program right now. But there's not much to read into that, honestly. All right.
3: Last question for me. Uh, see no trigger questions. Yeah. We're, we're the temperature
2: has been pretty mild. I will yeah, say yeah, that. We're,
3: yeah. we're doing good. We're doing good. <laughs> all right. Last question. So the NFL earlier this week sent out a memo. I believe it was this week. Uh, pretty much saying that. Wear your masks, you know? And we we, we still saw a little bit of coaches, you know, still doing the the typical keeping the mask out or something like that. So in that memo, the NFL pretty much is saying that if you keep on doing this, they will now find the organization and start taking draft picks away. Mm. Now, will the NFL... <clears throat> actually take those draft picks Follow away through. or is this just some threat in order to kind of control the situation one thing
2: I know about the NFL when it comes to uh, disciplinary action they don't budge and they don't bullshit if they not Roger, even, not Roger Goodell Brady. yeah Roger right. well yeah Roger Goodell has been known as the hammer there's a reason for that because fair or unfair this dude yeah. comes down swiftly on people like it or don't like it yeah. yeah like it or don't like it I mean there's been several times I like, man, that's too harsh but he's consistent Whenever there's times that he tells people how it's going to be and they don't abide by it, Tom Brady, the Golden Boy yeah. of the NFL, got four games because he didn't abide and it's he like broke Adam his Silver. phone.
1: It's like Adam Silver suspending LeBron or something. It, it, yeah. I don't even see that happening. That's
2: what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't. I don't think Adam Silver no, would do no, no, it. No. I don't think as lo, as much as I love Adam Silver as an NBA commissioner, he would he would not do that to He'd LeBron. Be found dead. Yeah. Roger Goodell does that oh, shit. Roger Goodell, that tri- <laughs> Roger Goodell will pull that trigger. Roger Goodell will pull that trigger. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, if these coaches and these organizations do not start taking this shit seriously, because I saw John Harbaugh on the Monday Night Football game mm. bringing his mask down and yelling, the of, yeah, yeah. yelling in the you face saw of the refs.
1: We saw John Gruden with the G-string on his yeah, face. He was, yeah, yeah
2: he, like he just got on partying party in Las Vegas. Yep. What do you know? You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Hey, hey, so I, don't the, these days, I told you a couple days ago when we talked about this very thing. You're going to start seeing draft picks taken away, and what that does, it's more than just losing the pick in its naked version. You're talking about people getting closer to losing their jobs. In this league, it is a dog-eat-dog world at executive levels. You have to work your way up. How do you get your way up there? You start as scouts. You start nailing some picks. You know, you got them some good suggestions, and they got those guys, and they turned out to be stars. Then you work yourself into the executive areas. If you are losing picks, you're losing opportunities to get that shine. If you lose that shine, you're not getting opportunities. So losing draft picks cannot happen. I remember Pete Carroll just a few years ago. They let that player play with a concussion. Lost picks. You don't think that pissed Pete Carroll off? You don't think the Seahawks would be better right now potentially with picks? That's what I'm saying. These teams are going to have to finally start taking this shit seriously because you can't afford to lose picks because coaches will get fired and executives will get fired.
1: Yeah, I pretty much just echo everything you just said. I'm, I'm with that. Yeah, that right. point of view is the same. So
2: yeah, that's it for me. Awesome, good, good Eddie error. I, I liked it, man. A quick Eddie error too. That was, yeah, that was that was that was Taylor Swift. I liked <laughs> it. That was well done. All right, man. So we we actually she need to him. do a little two part oh. segment real quick. I want to give a, a quick recap on the Ravens and Chiefs game. We're gonna we'll just kind of give a general thought on what we did. I kind of talked about it already with BJ and the monologue, but I definitely want to get Trevor and Eddie's thoughts on the Ravens Chiefs game. But we have ourselves a game this week, guys. Chiefs and Pats. It's going to be a fun one. I'm really excited to talk about that. That's going to be the meat of the next segment. So I hope you guys are ready for some Chiefs Patriots talk. Because we got plenty for you. We'll get back to that after this. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast with segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCPN studios, with my guys, Trevor Tuerwell, that's good, Eddie Ortiz, yo yo yo, and the one and only Miss Dad on the ones and twos. So we have had a week of football, man. It's been um, very enjoyable as a Chiefs fan, I'll say. Um, as I've told you guys in the opening monologue, I told you guys last week, and I talked about it with BJ Kissel in the second segment. I did feel very alone uh, in, in this. I know. I think. I believe Trevor, you picked the Chiefs to win as well. Uh, your actually Trevor's score prediction was almost spot on. I
4: said by hundred.
2: You did say by 100. It was by almost 100, so it should have been by 100, for Christ's sake. But, I mean, we didn't really get a chance to really recap the game as much. Um, I will say that I thoroughly, almost as much as I enjoyed the beatdown, is the ESPN panel consensus picking the Ravens. That was so much fun because, as BJ alluded to in his segment, there was some energy from the Chiefs players, Shavaris Ward, Tyron, of course Tyron, Frank Clark, all these guys are quote-tweeting that picture. We were straight disrespectful. Bro, ESPN either. took an L this week. A massive L. Everybody was picking the the Ravens this week. And so I enjoyed it from that end alone. But what I enjoyed about the game the most was the fact that we had a funeral in this game. And the funeral was for Lamar versus Mahomes. The whole comparison. They The NFL has been trying tirelessly to pair these two as the next Peyton and Brady cuz that's what they're going to keep looking for till kingdom come. That's what they're going to keep all oh, cuz it, it worked so well for them back in the night the early 2000s all the way to the 2010s. There was this rivalry there. Guys, that's dead. That is it's honestly never even been alive cuz this isn't a rivalry. These two guys are not even in the same stratosphere. Lamar Jackson is fun, he's exciting, he's a he's very good. We're not going to sit here and pretend he's not good at football. He's very good at football but he's always going to be a better athlete than quarterback. Whereas Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. And if if this game didn't show you the significant difference between these two players and franchises, quite frankly, I can't help you. I don't know what else to tell you or show you. Because now we have three games, two of them in Arrowhead and one of them in Baltimore. And you can't tell me that these guys are even in the same category because they're just simply not. Lamar Jackson, I said it last week on our on this very show. Trevor and I were sitting here, and I broke down to you guys the differences in Lamar's games that they have won and in Lamar's games and when they have lost and his pass attempts. You're literally talking about twice as many pass attempts and losses as opposed to wins. That is, there is no mistaking that. There is a reason for that. The reason is when you get up early on the Ravens, you almost are guaranteed a victory. Look how the Chiefs have done it. Look how the Browns did it that one time last season. And look what the Titans did in the playoffs. You strike early, and you strike often. And you force Lamar Jackson's bottom half of his body... To stay out of the game, and that is exactly what the Chiefs did. I cannot give the Chiefs enough credit for what they did on the interior, from both the defensive line side and the offensive line side. Because I'll be honest with you, I, I thought for a second there was a point in that game. I thought Patrick Mahomes was doing his tactics back there in the in the pocket. That dude was having lemonade. He was having brunch. He was chilling, talking about talking to Brittany about what clothes they're gonna buy their kiddo. Like, by the way, congratulations to you guys. I'm you know that's that's the best story I've heard all week. But. There was so much protection for Patrick Mahomes. The interior, the Ravens had no shot of getting to him. There was barely any pressures at all. And the defensive line for the Chiefs just made Lamar's night a living hell. He could not complete passes downfield. Shavarius Ward looked awesome with one hand. Like, there's so much to take away from this game. But all in all, for me, it just showed you guys everything I've been trying to tell you. And it's the the Chiefs and there's everybody else. That's just how the AFC is, and it probably will continue to be that way. Trevor, what were your thoughts? What was your takeaway from this game?
1: First of all, I just want to say it sucks that Legarius need broke his collarbone. Um, Lord, 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 Garius. Yeah, hopefully it's only like a three-week thing, three-four-week deal, because um, I know collarbones can heal pretty quickly, but you don't want to come back too fast because you're very susceptible to break it again. Yes. Um, but I think he's becoming, if not already, our best corner. He looks great, man. He's always he's always sniffing the ball out. He's always in the good right the, the right spot at the right time. It seems. Um so I mean already a really great start for that rookie. Um so it sucks that he's out, but overall man, I mean this game like like uh, uh um what's his name on sports center after the game I said uh, he said was it Scott Van Pelt? Huh? He said this game was fake close. I mean I don't know how you can describe it better than that. I mean everyone knew that was watching this game it was over. After they hit that field goal and we had our possession and we started putting up our points and when the, the Chiefs were moving the football at will. And we were playing balanced attack offense with the running game and the passing game, and, the, <coughs> and the, we saw that you know this team, this defense of the Ravens, that lives by getting pressure on the quarterbacks and, and depending on their 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 uh, defensive backs to play uh, man, right? And one single high safety a lot of times, not depending on bracketing the good you know speedster players, and they're they're depending on the pressure. That pressure just wasn't getting there. Our O line, like you said, played incredible. Um, Patrick Mahomes was just. Barely touched. I think he got hit a couple times in that deep ball. I think he got hit a little bit on that one. But outside of that, he wasn't taking any hits. He got out clean. Um, yeah, I mean the Chargers game, he was under way more pressure than he ever was in this game. And this was, you know, this was the game we were all really worried about for the most part. But like I said when we were talking about the game last week, this is this this Ravens defense is just susceptible to our kind of offense because our offense is built on speed and and, and you know and if we need to get the ball out quick, it can. But if the, if the play's extended, you're also screwed. You know, for it, it, it's a nightmare matchup for this. That's the for a man blitz defense. Just plain and simple. Yeah, um, Mahomes was just was just incredible against the blitz. There was nothing he can they could do. Um, it was pretty much over after the first quarter. I think everyone knew it. The vibe in the air. Lamar just looked shook. He looked shook. Lamar looked shook. And he, for the third time now against us, you know, he looked shook. So I wasn't really surprised. I Me, mean, I had I had us winning. I wasn't. I mean, I was a little worried just because the implications in this game that can you know that can impact the. Uh, the playoffs picture with the one with the one buy this year. That's that, that's why this was probably the biggest game of our, of the season this year. Depending on you know what the Patriots do moving forward, and how this game goes this weekend. But I mean, I think it surprised everybody how handily we won this game and and the, the plays that Andy Reid and like I said too, also last week. It, like I was fully expecting us to see some crazy shit from Andy Reid, oh. and we won 100. Sausage. With, and that's what I said, man. <laughs> two two plays. What that were just, the fish fillet? The, the
2: fish fillet, fish fillet.
1: yeah, or the catch and release.
2: You know, you—it's always something about food when it comes yeah. to Reed, man. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, so I mean, yeah, and I was—I was expecting that. There was way more pre-snap movement. We were moving McColl and Tyreek around. That I mean, that alone, that movement, that pre-snap movement alone, um, throws defenses off just because those two speedsters moving around. It makes you nervous. It gets you, you know, jittery. And then Marcus Peters was just his ass burnt. I hate to see it because I love the guy, but at the same time, I love to see it because. Well, for that he we talk shit, we do, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I'll never forgive him for what he's saying last time. Before he first, for the first time in Baltimore, he said he pat knows how to give him the ball. He also knows how to burn your ass, buddy. So he was doing <laughs> that all night long. So, I mean, there's so much, dude. There's so much. And Clyde didn't have a big game, really. You know, he had a decent game, but Clyde didn't have to do much. Just you know, give us a balanced attack, and Mahomes just took care of business. And I, I I'm gonna, say, I think this is the most impressed I've been in a win since past been the the quarterback as far as regular season win. Mm. I think it was the most impressive. We we basically, after they scored that field goal, we took control and never looked back, right? We didn't have to trail from behind. We didn't have to have Mahomes magic. I think that, that was the most poised and comfortable and absolutely almost arrogant Mahomes looked in a game. Against that type of contender, when everyone's counting you out, for some reason, I think Mah- that's uh, that's why I love Mahomes as a quarterback. He's not he he finds he's kind of like yeah. how MJ had to like make up stuff to like get him, give himself a chip because Mahomes <clears throat> already accomplished the ultimate goal for any football player. He got a, he got him a ring, but now he's gonna oh. have to like kind of find his own. He's, chip. The four,
2: he's the fourth best player in the NFL,
1: guys. So yeah, I, I, and that's why I'm that. saying he had to find his own chip, which is counting to four. <laughs> I, how petty and awesome is that, dude? Yeah. Eddie, that's what Our were, quarterback. What were your thoughts on this game, man? You know,
3: going into the game, uh, it's not that I was doubtful. It's just that this was one of those games that I I saw as you know possibly taking taking that L because of the way our defense was playing the way like the way our defense was playing game one game two kind of you know I was off to a shaky start so I was kind of like worried that this was not going to be a great defense you know I was I was like man but going into this game which I wanted the defense to do was shut me up I knew the Chiefs were going to win. But I wanted this defense to prove me wrong, you know what I mean? So I picked the Ravens, kind of like what he did with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, how what he claimed he did, he with,
2: claimed Aaron he did with Aaron Rodgers? Oh, oh, it's psychology. <laughs> you're just yeah. gonna
1: okay? You, i just, this, is a, this is the first year. This is the first year I've ever had them out of the playoffs. I've never had Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs. Yeah, first so year.
3: That, that's what I kind of did with me, and you know? I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put that L in there. Either way, I had the Chiefs losing two games and it, this was going to be one of those games and I had the, us losing to the Bills. We're probably not going to lose <laughs> down the stretch. But th- that was my two L's. This yeah. game and the Bills. Just because talent-wise, roster-wise, I think they were the better matchups. They're the best matchups against the Chiefs this yeah. this season. Uh, but like like Trevor said, you know, like the way Marcus Peters got burned this game, it was fucking awesome. I... I'm Tyreek, not a, Tyreek, I'm straight, not a big monster. fan I'm not a big fan of uh, Marcus Peters I don't I never was as big as you and as big as Trevor uh, For the simple fact that he just wouldn't tackle wouldn't do anything other than try to get the ball that that was all he did just try to get the ball it's like, like was, Sanders. he was he was he was he was good at it he was at it. he would he was he would yeah. intercept players but what Eddie read this this game? Was he pretty much called him out as to what he does? He 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 tries to predict the play, which is pretty stupid. He's
1: on a lockdown corner. And and we he's all not. He's that. not. Yeah.
3: And what Eddie Reed, uh, Reed did was pretty much expose him Be, with that play with the uh, Miko Harmon running, You know, through the out that yep. doing that doing that route, and then was it Tyreek Hill cutting in doing that slant, kind of like that slant, whatever. Tyreek
1: masked his ass.
3: And. Uh, he thought he was gonna pick Tyreek because he he saw Tyreek. He was like, "Oh, he's gonna throw to Tyre, Tyreek." Yeah. Tyreek and he left his men. I think it was a cover three. He left it. He just came in, mm. and you can see the corner. The other players, like, "Look at Marcus Peters! Like, what the? Yeah,
1: fuck they're playing man." Doing? Yeah.
3: <laughs> and then you see Michael Harmon just <laughs> put do a five yard gap between him and the the, the, the next player. It was awesome watching that. Uh, or offensive line was great, phenomenal, like you, you you stated. Patrick just did whatever he wanted in that game. He he, chucked the ball. Yeah, he took a hit, I think, with that, uh was it, the Marcus, the Michael Harmon touchdown. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe he took a, a pretty good hit. But other than that, I think that was probably, like, the biggest hit he took that night. There was a couple plays where they tried to bring him down and he wouldn't come down. They kind of held his jersey, but they couldn't. But yeah, other than that, great game. Yeah, it was, like game. I said,
2: it was very satisfying in, in, in every regard. Um, I mean, minus the Darwin Thompson mishaps, which yeah. I, I really, I really hope everyone's done
1: with that. That's more whole on Dave Toub. Darwin I, ex- a lot of experiment on Yeah,
2: but he's got to set the edge on the special teams. And I watched that again. He just did a terrible just... job. The, the fumble is just simply unacceptable. Yeah. And I, I really hope that Andy gets rid of. That whole, like I said, experimentation. Now, if Daryl Williams goes down or Clyde's to go down, then you have no choice. I really hope that Darwin doesn't get snapped, especially in primetime games like that ever again against
1: well, I, other contenders. I don't mind them keeping, uh, I, keeping the, the football in play on kickoffs. That 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 kickoff in particular was a little low and straight, yeah. So it got to him quicker than we would like, because your chances analytically, your chances of pinning them further back than them than them, you just kicking it out. And, and the starting the starting point would be what on the 25? 25 if it's pinned in the back yeah. of the end zone. right right then, so I mean you're you have that, a good odds depending on the what ten the, fifteen I mean the
3: Chiefs like doing that we saw game uh, game one game two where yeah. uh, Buckner doesn't kick all the way he kicks to where the line is mm-hmm. I don't know why they do that it always that was a flat I'm kick. always like I'm always like wondering like can he not kick like what's yeah. happening yeah Buckner a rough night man but <laughs> apparently that's their tactic that's what Andy Reid likes yeah. he like wants to provoke him to make that run you know to, right to to leave, so the Ravens did that, and they capitalized yeah, on it Yeah,
2: it was, it like was... I said, the mishap was on Darwin not setting the edge to force the player back in the right. middle of the field so the yeah. other 10 defenders can get him. The point, though, I'm I'm trying to say is, despite all the mishaps, the not converting the fourth down, the fumble, you know, the, the mental lapses, the Chiefs still won this game. Like, like Scott Van Pelt said, it was fake close. Yeah. The Chiefs should have put up... They should have put up anywhere from 48 to 56 points in that game, right? And that just tells you the significance of, of when the Chiefs know they got to go out there and make a statement. Andy Reid knows he has to go out and call a game. There is no one stopping this team. Well, my, Andy, and like BJ no said, one. those are those
1: are those plays he saw is something he's he's never even seen before. Right. Those are something he drew in the offseason. and all more yeah. the
2: advantage for Andy Reid who has no OTA and training camp right. film on him. You're going to be able to take advantage of that, where no one's going to see these new wrinkles you throw into the offense. Now, moving to this Patriots game. I'm I'm the type of person that that doesn't like to make comparisons from the weeks before, like, oh, the Chargers struggled against the Bengals, that means the Chiefs are gonna whoop them. Mm-hmm. No. Because for every team there's a different level of severity and focus and drive and motivation and all the yada yada yada. Not to mention injuries and not to mention, you know, wh- wherever the players are at mentally, and there's a lot of there's a lot of things to consider. For the Patriots. You know, I would would have assumed that coming into this week, we're looking at a team that's going to come into this game and and they're going to be mentally prepared, mentally strong. They think that they can come in here and win. Hmm. I I don't think that's what's going to happen. I know Bill Belichick is one of the best at scheming. And he's going to have this team schemed out. They're going to have a game plan. They're going to probably take away a player or two on this offense. I don't think, though, that the Patriots as a whole... Really believe they're going to come in here and get this victory. Yeah. Why do I say that? And I'm not trying to take away from anybody else's work, but we have been hearing from beat writers this week in New England about this matchup, their thoughts on it. Team guys that are with the team each and every Conference day is low. that know the pulse on this team, and that their belief is they're hoping to leave Kansas City with a moral victory, not an actual victory, not a victory that actually matters. Yeah. A moral victory. Don't beat us too bad. You know what I'm saying? Like that's where we're at now, guys. That's where this—the difference between these two franchises now are now are at. We went from a twenty-year twenty-year dynasty to well, let's go to Kansas City and see if we can keep this one close. I think Cam Newton is an absolute upgrade from Tom Brady. Yeah. I think he—the the Patriots of where they're at and how thin they are on the offensive side—they needed a dual threat quarterback. They needed somebody that could extend drives with his legs. What and Brady was not game, that, ever. It was the
1: running game tremendously.
2: Tremendously. And they are the best running team in the NFL. Yeah. So I know that there's this idea out there that, well, the, the Patriots are just going to run the ball on the Chiefs and they're going to have success and that's how they're going to win. Are we going to overlook the fact that the Ravens just had 158 rushing yards on the Chiefs and the Chiefs won by two touchdowns? And again, not to rehash here, should have won by four touchdowns? Like... When it comes to the Chiefs, you can't use those types of statements and make sense of it. Right. Because with the Chiefs, that doesn't make sense. You can run the ball and run the ball and run the wall very effectively and still get your ass kicked. Because the Chiefs are so great at getting points quick that it isn't going to matter. And so, for me, I don't actually think, as crazy as that might sound, me adding all that up and saying this, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I don't think the Chiefs are going to go out there and put 35-40 points on the Patriots because I do believe that the Patriots are going to slow the game down. Because unlike the Ravens, I think they're going to commit to the run fully and foolishly. I think that they're going to get down and they're still going to run the ball to keep this game as close as possible. Plus, because of the fact that the Patriots have struggled really bad against running backs this year, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to have his best game of the season this week. I'm going to go ahead and put that down on receipts. I think Clyde Edwards Edwards solaire has 17 to 22 rushes this week, eclipses 100 rushing yards, and gets another four or five uh, catches. May even lead the team in receptions this week because I think Patty's going to spread the ball all over. I think you're going to have guys, I think you're going to have six dudes with three receptions this week. I really do. Because I do believe they're going to focus on Tyreek, making sure he doesn't get the big plays, take the top over the offense, forcing Travis Kelsey into double teams, maybe put Stephon Gilmore on him, one-on-one. I think he'll be more on Sammy.
1: He's typically been on Sammy.
2: So, so here's the here's the wide receiver we're going to look out for, and it's my guy, home run Hardman. Because as we remember last year, who was the one that had the big touchdown? Hardman. Hardman. Who was the one that had the big touchdown last week? Hardman. I know there was obviously it wasn't as close of a game. Yeah. The point is he's a home run. Over 40% of his receptions are touchdowns. Yeah. Think about that. In his career, 40, 40% of Hardman's receptions are touchdowns. That's efficient. Yeah. You can't guard everybody. So I know they're going to make Tyreek Hill and Tyreek, er, and Travis Kelsey work for everything they get this week. Watch out for McCole Hardman have another monster monster touchdown, a home run, if you will. And Clyde edwards hilaire having a monster game, a career game this week. Trevor, how do you see this game going?
1: I can see it going two ways. I'm going to pick which way I'm picking, but there I see, I envision two different ways this game going. It could be a methodical game where we play the offense, the vanilla offense that we carried out like we did against the Chargers, and it could be more of a slow, methodical nail biter in a sense. But we know in the end we're going to pull away and win it. Um, it could be that way, which we've had games like that plenty of times, even with Tom Brady at to the helm, but. Um, with with Andy Reid knowing that the dynamic, uh, the quarterback that has changed and the, um, the offensive prowess that he's added, which we saw against Seattle, what, what they're capable of offensively, um, I think the Chiefs know they got to go into this game and score points. Um, but I think there is, like I said, there's just two ways that we could go in there and we can have, you know, a battle of, of time possession that could very well happen, or it can go the other way, which is the way I think it's going to happen. I think we're going to go in there and blow the doors wide open. Um, I think we're gonna have. I think we know we got go to go on there and score points because we know Cam Newton is capable of that, and we- he proved that against Seattle, whose defense is similar to ours. Right, their defense—they have a pretty good front. They're not as tough up front as we are. They have a good front, and they have—they have good DBs. But they were getting beat. Cam Newton was shredding that defense. So we know that Cam Newton is capable of that. Even with these lackluster talent in Edelman being the number one target, he's still still getting it done. Um, and he obviously his mobility can extend plays. So that we know that they can be dangerous. We know that. Bill Belichick's going to want to go in there, and I know the typical way Bill Belichick is owning the clock, slowing keeping Mahomes off the field, which is a way. There's not really a proven way to beat Mahomes. Um, so I think I think Bill Belichick knows he needs to go in there and score points, and I think we, we, we're going to need to expect that because typically we unleash those plays that we unleash on Baltimore against the Patriots. We usually, we usually open up the playbook on, on, on New England to surprise them because we know we have to outsmart Bill Belichick, and Andy Reid's one of the few coaches that can actually do that. And I think I think we're gonna have to do more of that this week. I think we're gonna have to open up the playbook a little bit more and and have some of those trick plays again. Maybe not trick plays, but I think we're gonna definitely challenge them more over the top because I think they're vulnerable, especially defensively. Their linebacker core is really slow. A lot of unproven guys. A lot of no name guys that no one really knows about besides us. Uh, that what's that? The forward looking dude with the long blonde uh, hair. Nino,
2: win, Winovich? Winovich, Winovich, yeah, he's yeah. looked really good from outside. Michigan,
1: I believe. Outside of him, I haven't seen much at all from him right. defensively. They could they could not even touch Russell Russell Wilson. So I expect Mahomes to put up numbers. I think we're gonna have to score thirty plus to win this game. Oh, so the Chiefs have to score thirty points. I think we're gonna have to score thirty. Okay, because I think I think this I think the Patriots are very capable of putting up points and they prove they proved that. The the way they won last week was was uh strategic, I believe. I, I don't think they knew. I don't think they needed to go in there and just blow out the Raiders. I think they knew they can go in there, similar to the way we we beat the Chargers, even though it's too close for comfort. Yeah. I think they knew that they were the better team than the Raiders. They they could go in there, and Cam Newton could just manage that game, run it down their throats, and just get out of there. Okay. They know they can't do that against the Chiefs. They just can't. They can't go in there and run, run the football down our throat and win that game. It's just not going to happen. You can't just beat the Chiefs by owning the clock, and that's what the Baltimore. And I think that, I think the fact that they just saw Baltimore attempt to do that and absolutely fail in their face who's the better running team in my mind, with obviously the, the more mobile quarterback at this point in their careers. If they failed at that, that big of a stage and they failed and looked that bad, even though we are the kryptonite for them, I think Bill Belichick might have to rethink his game plan. I think they're well, going to go out there and try to put up points.
2: Before I get to you real quick, Eddie, I want to respond to that. Um, here's an interesting thought. I get where you're coming from about the idea that, that, that Bill Belichick and the Patriots are going to purchase this game. Like, we're going to come out here and try to drop 30-plus points. Mm-hmm. But hear me out on this. What, what if Bill Belichick, in his mind, is saying, "Let's deliberately not try to go out there and score a ton of points. Keep this game as close as possible and hope because they know because they know they can't match fire for fire with the Chiefs. You're, like, You're not going to get in a shootout with the I Chiefs. I mean, and they win. did
1: with Seattle. Seattle's offense is right up there with ours. I,
2: yes, but but as, as great as the Seahawks'
1: offense is, their defense is equally terrible. But we're down. We're, we're down. Ch- we're down. Corner. We're down our cornerback, and we're and you know what I mean. Like, we're I, I not, get that,
2: but the Chiefs have only allowed twenty points in every game. This we don't. Season. Yeah,
1: we don't allow much over the top. Right.
2: Uh, my point though is, that the Chiefs have faced two of the ten best quarterbacks in the league already, and have only given up twenty points a game. Right. And Justin Herbert with no game film. Right. Right. Okay. My point though is, I think if Bill Belichick, if I if I've known him for any length of time, as far as his tendencies, yeah. <laughs> I think he in this particular matchup, he's mm-hmm. going to want to try to keep the Chiefs' offense at bay slow the game down almost to a stall, hope that the mistakes fall in your favor, and you win an aggravating 23-21 to
1: 21 type of game. I would agree with that. If you that. try to go
2: 30-30-30 with them, it's,
1: I don't see you winning I would agree that with game. that because the sample size of the matchups have been against Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's not going to go out there. He's not he, wasn't, he hasn't been the quarterback for the last five, six years to go out there and just shred you. He hasn't been that guy to shred, shred the, the, the 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 Chiefs or most teams. He doesn't go out there to just put frankly, up 40. But frankly, there's Cam, though. But he just did it against Seattle. so I'm saying. He's still very, very the capable. 30th How many times have in we NFL. in the last past few years have we seen Tom Brady just go light it up?
2: Right. But the 30th ranked defense in the NFL, you probably should put up points. Like, I, I feel like when you're going against a horrible defense. But you see what
1: I'm saying, though, because Baltimore just tried to do that last week. They tried to, you know, we, we even made mistakes and we still won when they still owned the clock for a little while. Lamar still threw the ball almost 30 times. That's what I'm saying. But Cam's, Cam's obviously a much more accurate passer. And this offense, this offense is better in yeah, Baltimore.
2: Yeah, is a better pass than Baltimore. Well, the Patriots
1: offense has been better in Baltimore this season. Yes, start, yes. Not as far as scoring points. Yes. But just the eye test of watching them. And I just trust I Cam more throwing the football. So I think I just have a hunch. I, I Like I said, it could go both ways. I wouldn't be surprised if it becomes like a, a slow-paced, you know, 14 to 21. Because that's
2: exactly how it was last season, too. I mean, yeah, but that was Tom Brady. I get this is what that. I'm saying. Like, there's yeah. a,
1: there's an t- entirely different dynamic because Tom Brady. You, it, know, you still a run-first offense. You never had to worry about Tom Brady's legs. There's still ever. a run-first offense, though. You never had to worry about his legs, though. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. So when it comes in the red zone, they're going to be more efficient because they have that option with Cam rushing it in, too. True. So you don't have to worry about that. Now you do. Eddie, what do you, what, how do you see this game going?
2: Oh, now, you, you've seen now the big streams of Trevor and I's <laughs> thoughts
3: on this. Yeah, I mean, I can see a closed game, but I can also. Uh, it should guess, be close. I, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think it's going to be that that kind of fake close. Kind of like what we, we, we saw last mm-hmm. week. I, I can see that. I can see, you know, the both teams probably uh, low 20s, you know. Uh, cheese barely, you know, pushing by or whatever. I, I think what Andy Reid did last week, I don't think he's going to, like, do some trick plays or what. I don't think he's going to do none of that mm-hmm. this game. I think he's just going to go... No, up he probably won't straight, have to against this team like normal, yeah. normal football. You know, like normal play calling. Normal. He's not. I don't think he's gonna do anything like crazy or like. Oh, I've never seen that before. Or like they're gonna do those motion plays or whatever
1: with Tyreek. You don't or think any pre move? You don't think they're gonna do any pre snap stuff? I think. I think we're I, gonna be aggressive offensively. I just
3: don't see it. I don't see him doing it in back to back games. These are
1: two statement games. We know we have to win these you know
3: games. What I mean, so I, I don't know if he'll do it in back to back games, especially because it's not the playoffs.
1: I don't see why not.
3: I, and I can see maybe if you I can want to save it, some more for Buffalo. Exactly, Buffalo and I can is a see it that team. way. I can see it that way. But yeah. I, like like you, I think Buffalo is a it's a tougher competition. And yeah. like I said, that's one of the L's I have us taking. But for sure, um, I believe I believe Chris Jones, Frank Clark, they're just gonna have a fucking they're Chris, just gonna have a game.
2: Chris Jones is questionable with the groin. Yeah. But I do expect him to play. He practiced uh, Okafor, today. He practiced today. He played, yeah, yeah, I believe Okafor is playing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I limited. believe
2: Okafor is playing. Rashad brings out for one more week, and then he'll come right. back next week. to Mike out there. Helping Mike Pennell was huge last yeah, week against the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, I, he was. I will say this I, stat, though, real quick. To Trevor's point about the Patriots having to go out there and score a bunch of points. In the Mahomes era, the Chiefs are 24-1 and when they hold their opponent to 28 yeah. or fewer points. In other words, if you don't score four plus touchdowns, you have no shot of beating
1: the Chiefs. Well, let me be, let me be very clear when I say that the Patriots. I know the I think the Patriots are going to go out there and they're, know they need, know they're, they need to go out there and team, score points. I'm not saying they will.
3: Yeah, no, you know what I mean. I'm not.
1: I, I think they're going to have to. Go, I think they're going to be aggressive. but I, I'm not saying they're going to be successful. I can Come see
3: right. what Trevor is saying. Like they're they're a team that's very well capable yes. of doing it. But are they gonna do it? Right. You know, it's kind of like, are they consistent? This is why I said about the Patriots going into the season that the X's and O's will be
2: elite. Yeah. But do this, is they the have biggest, Jimmy's this is the biggest test for
1: the Patriots. This yeah, is, this, this is the is, biggest this test. Is, like our biggest game was for the Ravens. This is this is the Patriots. that's the same way this the is Patriots. Bill are Belichick's
3: best game. time to shine without Tom
1: Brady. Like how many
2: teams sure. do you see on the Chiefs' schedule? That you know that on the flip side, when they play the Chiefs, that's their Super Bowl. Yeah. You're gonna get the A game of almost every team you face, unless they're just it, absolute judges
3: like the Jets and especially the Patriots, because this is Bill Belichick wanting to prove that he does Abs- not—he does not need Tom Brady to beat the Chiefs. If you that, were to slay a, this a, is a
2: that, team yeah. on a 12-game winning streak, who just won the Super Bowl with the best player in the world at their place, yeah. Without Tom Brady, that's an absolute. Yeah, Could you imagine that
1: the Patriots beat the Chiefs this week, and the Ra- and, and the Raiders beat the uh, the Buccaneers? But, yeah. Could you imagine that that kind oh, of week that Belichick oh. would have? This is what I'm saying. Like, you know, this is why I think Belichick's going to be aggressive. Because yeah. I feel like this is a must-win for Belichick in this his mind. A must.
3: And just because he wants to prove,
1: I that think he you're going to see an urgent camp. And this you're is gonna see and an this is offense. where
2: the difference in weapons are going to really take shape. Yeah. Because if you watch the Ravens game, although they don't have offensive weapons like the Chiefs. They have better weapons than the Patriots on their offense. Yeah. And you saw the way the Chiefs were able to stipend their defense and keep them at bay, or stipend the offense and keep them at bay. If the Chiefs get out to an early lead like they did against the Ravens and force Cam Newton to throw to Nikhil Harry and 34-year-old Julian Edelman on 70% of the snaps, he's only playing 70% of the snaps this year.
1: Yeah,
3: You're talking
2: about the opportunity for turnovers.
3: But you... Passing wise, I think Cam Newton's just much better passer than than.
4: But uh, even if he's better, that doesn't mean he's
2: great at it. Like like you gotta understand, Cam Newton has he's only throwing he's only passing for a little over two hundred twenty nine passing yards a game this season, and that's because they've been able to run the ball so successfully. See, but against the Chiefs, you can run the ball successfully and still be down multiple scores, yeah. Yeah, which is going to force Cam to throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Which means that you're going to give this Chiefs defense an opportunity to go against these inferior wide receivers. Can you even name me their tight end? The yeah. Patriots.
1: Yes, yeah, uh, they, they had that rookie tight end, but I can't remember the other guy's name. But That's that, not, but Nikhil here has pretty much pretty much been playing their tight end, role. right?
2: So what I'm He's saying is six, you're relying six. you're relying on a bunch of these third fourth tier players. So go against a Chiefs defense that has been shutting down the pass yeah, game. The yeah. Chiefs are one of the best pass defenses in the league.
1: All I'm saying is I think Belichick knows that this is not his typical type of defense roster and, 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 and talent-wise. So I, don't, I think he's very well aware he's not going to be able to contain our offense. So I think he's gonna, he knows he's going to need to go out there and put up put up points similar to – I mean, he had, they, and they matched Russell Wilson's intensity in that, that game stride for stride. I mean, that was, that was a slugfest. Yeah. So I think they know – if they could, if they had to do that and go to that distance and put up points that, that the way they did and be as aggressive that as they did against Seattle. That only it only goes up. The intensity only has to go further against us. the Patriots had
2: the Patriots had an elite defense, in Patrick Mahomes last three matchups against them. Right, so I'm
1: saying we're going to put and up points. And he had eight
2: touchdowns in three games. Yeah. Now he knows defenses. And they don't have an elite in the yeah. defense.
1: There's no Van Noy. There's no Jamie Collins. There's, you know what I mean? There's Who, all
2: who's, So who's winning this week, Drew? You don't have to give me a score total. We'll wait until oh, Sunday Like to I, I, I
1: told you, dude, as soon as that Baltimore game is over, I told you, looking forward to the Patriots game already, I just, I don't see, I think the intensity is going to be fun. It's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be, with the two quarterbacks going at it, it's going it's to be fun to watch. It's going to be eye candy as far as a fan goes. But I think the Chiefs are going to win double digits. Uh,
3: Sam, I think Bill Belichick wanted to prove, you know, that he does not need Tom Brady is going to be pretty amazing to watch on. I just on think we're Sunday. just too talented. For I them. think we're just too good. And and like you, you said uh, earlier today, when we we're talking, you said that you don't see an opponent here that you can be really concerned about, you know, like, so that undefeated kind of thing questions like, you know, like, can we, you know, because you can look at opponents, you're like, ah. Oh, yeah, you know, that's, like, that's, that's... It's I don't very get, hard to yeah. put an L in there. I, swear, I was, yeah. was going to ask BJ that question. He already kind of hit,
2: ha- hit me up with it about, like, th- looking at the schedule. You don't want to look too far ahead because yeah. you have to you have to take every single matchup seriously except the Jets. And you look <laughs> at the Bills at, on a short week after the Raiders game. The Bills are bowling, man. The Bills... And, yeah, and, and, and I'm not... I'm, that was one of my two losses I gave the Chiefs this year. And the other one was at Saints. I am totally taking so that we, one away. We got
3: Bills next week, don't No, we, it's the Raiders...
2: It's the Raiders here, and then we go to the Bills on a okay, short week okay, on okay. Thursday
3: night football. That Raiders. Game, Luckily, like, we're because, facing them.
2: Uh, we're facing them in October, not in like, in like December, coming, yeah, yeah. Or January, where it's gonna be negative fifty nine degrees out there. <laughs> right. Yeah, but snowing.
3: Yeah, for this game, I, I honestly think we might between Chris Jones and Frank Clark, we might see five sacks, maybe. So, I oh, think, I would I, like that. I think I think pass rush is gonna have a fucking game. I like
2: that. I like that prediction against a mobile quarterback. That's a that's a hot one. I like that oh, a yeah. lot. Um. I, I made a video today, like I do every single week before Chiefs games. Cam Newton, the Newton boys, Sir Isaac Newton, Fig Newton. <laughs> Chiefs are going 4-0, and dude. I'm telling you, it's, it, it does not matter. Yeah, Newton
3: law, any, it, Newton.
2: It, any Newton you want to throw my way, dude. I, I love Cam Newton. I'm a massive fan of his. I've been a fan of his since Auburn. He is not coming into Kansas City and outmatching Patrick Mahomes, and that's what he's gonna have to do. You're gonna have to just score
3: yeah. twenty nine, thirty points to have a shot against Patrick to Mahomes. That's with, that's with Patrick.
2: I don't see the Patriots coming here and dropping four or five touchdowns. It's, I just don't see it's it. It's gonna
3: be fun seeing though, Bill Belichick coming in coming in with those trick plays if he has any right. trying to beat, you know. The Chiefs have given so up good, six the Chiefs have given fun.
2: up exactly twenty, twenty and twenty this season. Sixty total points this season so far. Okay. I have a hard time believing the Patriots are gonna cut that in half in one game. Like, I don't see them scoring half of that total in one game against the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs' defense, like Trevor made a great prediction before the season started. He says they're, this is going to be a top 8-10 to defense. Like I think week. you're right. I think this defense, and they're not even at full strength yet. They, had, oh. they still don't have Shiver, or, uh, Rashad Breeland. Sneed's now out. He'll be back. They're going to get uh, Okafor, Okafor back. Okafor back. Yeah, Shaverius Wards getting healthy. I, I'm telling you guys, I once this defense at full strength, they're in week six, seven, eight, it's gonna be dangerous. It's gonna be absolutely dangerous, man. So I'm obviously gonna take the Chiefs in this one. I think it's gonna be closer than the Ravens game. I don't like I said, I don't think the Chiefs are gonna drop, you know, anywhere from 34 to 40 points. But I do think the Chiefs are going to control the tempo. I think Clyde Edwards-Solaire is going to have his best game of his career to this point. I think McCole Hardman's got another big touchdown. He's going to continue to put himself in that place where Andy Reid is going to have to give him the snaps over Demarcus Robinson. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking
1: I'm looking at – I'm just. I think that the Cam's going to challenge us deep against Rashad Fenton. Oh yeah, I think I think Fenton's yeah. going to get a lot of attention. I think because this is what Billichik does. He likes to Rashad Fenton has been the man. I know. I love the kid. I think he's going to hold his ground, but yeah. he's going to get tested deep, and we've seen him get beat deep before. We've even seen Charverius Ward get beat deep get, get beat deep before. So beat, I, beat, I think, I, I, and Nakil here is a big, quick dude, and he can get up and get it. So I, just watch out for that. That's all I'm saying, man. I think there's going to be some points scored in this game, but I I think we win by double digits. Chiefs fans, get excited. It's going to be a fun week.
2: It's a 3.30 kickoff, 3.25 kickoff. Uh, One of the few good games this week, actually. I mean, there's not a lot of really good matchups
1: this week. I want to watch. I think think the Packers-Falcons game is going to be fun to watch.
2: Packers are going to be all up in that ass. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, I think the Cowboys are actually going to beat the Browns. We're going to give you our picks like we do each and every week, so be prepared for that, guys, before every Sunday. But now we need to get to you guys. We want to get to what you guys have burning, what you guys have one, uh, for us to discuss. Again, I heard a rumor that one of our people in this show had a few questions for us. We're going to take some time to get the Monday Mailbag. We'll get back to that after this.
4: Mail time. Mail time. The mail, mail time. I
2: can't believe I get to
4: sing this song. It's
2: time for the Monday Mailbag. What we like to do each and every week is give you guys the platform. Take over an entire segment, whatever you guys are asking, whatever you guys are discussing, what your topics are, debates, whatever you guys got for us that you want us to talk about on this show, we give you that platform, that opportunity, and we take the time to do so. Let's not waste any time. Actually, you know what? Let's, uh... I believe, Gat, you said there's a, a, a we got a new we got a new person on the show. We got a new listener.
4: Yeah, anytime that you have somebody that says, "Hey, I don't even like sports, but I really like these guys." Uh, we got Agent Smoky watching us on Twitch. Uh, says, "Know nothing about football, but he's learning and he loves your voice and thinks you should be in news." Oh, thanks a lot, man.
2: I really appreciate that. I, 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 I grew it myself. Not a, I appreciate. It. <laughs> hey, man, look, I, I I get we we get to talking to people every single day, and 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 there's people I know that don't watch sports, don't listen to sports. And uh, the fact that they find people that are passionate about it. I I think that's like anything. Like when I hear people talk about like books and they – I read this book and it got me inspired. Like I don't read books like hardly ever. But I'll listen to somebody talk to me about a book passionately if they're passionate about it. So it's all about passion, man. But nevertheless, we do appreciate you being here, man, and and hopefully we can keep you around. And if you want to learn some sports, man, hopefully we can – uh steer you to somebody that knows them but in the, in the meantime you want to hang out with us dipshits we are here every single friday night and you can join our facebook group join us on twitter and on instagram as well at the spoken spoken pod on twitter and instagram and just the spoken on facebook but welcome regardless man we're, we're glad to have you and hope you stick around but let's get to that monday mailbag eddie how's the monday mailbag looking this week my man
3: oh man uh we got one, about 11 questions a couple uh, couples are price questions there all right we'll get to those later uh Alright, uh, first we got uh, Donnie Couch. Uh, hey guys, that's the Knockoff Gimli? I don't know what that is. Oh, right, is a Lord of the Rings reference. Nice. Uh, Trevor, and you can have my axe. Trevor the flannel jacket model. <laughs> <laughs> and, You've and had better, better nicknames, Trevor. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's descriptive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> Eddie the worst side of Nacho Libre. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. I like Damn, that. Damn. Okay.
1: <laughs> I don't like how you like you oh, just boy. try
3: to like gl- get over that one and then the Ross the we face. Right. Uh, uh, and couldn't forget about get the overseer. There we go. See, that's the only oh, accurate one. Well, yeah. I
2: don't know. The naturally one's pretty good. I- I'm gonna have I to. Like that one. Yeah. yeah.
3: Now that the roast session's <laughs> over, what are your thoughts on the Ravens Twitter account posting about no holding calls against the Chiefs O line? Man. <sighs> This is what I'm talking about. This is Triggered. why I know. This is
2: why I know <laughs> that the bitches. Chiefs are owning everybody. They got them scared. They, they got the entire AFC scared to death, because you got teams that are penciled in as Super Bowl favorites, and the Ravens. Out here bitching, talking about I got to get my jersey stitched every single, you know, every single or every single player or whatever. Like, dude, shut your mouth! Are you really gonna sit here and pretend as if Patrick Mahomes didn't annihilate you from wire to wire? You're gonna sit here and try to pretend as if you aren't getting the calls, bro. There are holding calls on every single play of every single game. For you to sit here and bitch about that to try to take off the focus of the real issue at hand, which is you guys not being able to stop yeah. the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL, not my problem, bro. It's your problem. You got to stop them. I don't feel bad for you. It's what you signed up for. And sometimes there ain't going to be the calls. And to be honest with you, I didn't see them. I didn't see anything significant that made me feel like, oh, the, man, the Ravens got robbed on that. I didn't see that. Yeah. I did not see that. I'll go back and watch the game and see if maybe that is true. Yeah. It sounds like to me just some dude that's got some sour grapes and just it wants sound, to bitch it. About definitely
1: it. sounds salty as shit. It sounds like a team that was expecting to get revenge and, and absolutely fell flat once again. Um, and, I mean, every time we, we watch a lot of football, an un- unhealthy amount of football, honestly. Um, and every time we watch, even, you know, whether it's Tony Romo or Collinsworth, and no, no matter who's calling the game, typically they'll point out, you know, that should have been called or, oh, or, or, that was a missed call on the holding there, blah blah blah. It doesn't matter. That's an unbiased take on most of those call, guys calling the games, and I never once heard any blurb about any 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 bad or missed call or anything on our on our side. So I mean, it's it's just it's pure saltiness is all this is, man. It's a sore loser mentality. Your 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 quarterback came out and called us as kryptonite. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, that's like Pedro calling the Yankees like I think they did my daddy. Well, that's man, that's basically well, do, what do, he just did. For, I mean, yeah. pro tip here. Just get your quarterback, to go up there go out there and at least try to, you know, get you a hundred passing yards at least. You know? Yeah. Start there. Yeah, start yeah, start yeah. bitching
2: about your own team. Not being able to beat the Chiefs <laughs> in any regard in any season. Honestly, though, it I, didn't come I, I love
1: it. I love that we're the team that people are going to be bitching about that now. Though we're the villains. Because, what have I been telling yeah, y'all, I, I man? I love it, dude. We're I, the fucking
2: villains. Kyle Brandt yep. on Good Morning Football just talked about this about how it's the Chiefs yeah. versus everybody. He goes, "Someone's got to beat this team. Heavy is the crown. So, someone's got to beat this team. They're on a twelve game winning streak. Someone's got to like that's what we're getting to now. We're getting to that place where the Chiefs are now this team. Like, yeah. man, is anybody going to beat I'm this really... fucking team? Like, it's starting to piss us."
1: Well, especially yeah, especially when it's our peers. It's not like there was a shitty team we just beat. That was a team that was wanting, you know, expecting to, you know, bring their A game against us, and they fell flat. And it's just pure salt. is all it is. Pure salt. Pure salt. Sea salt. Yeah. Wendy's.
3: All right. Next question is Donnie Couch. I'm not even watching the finals, and I know this is a pretty, pretty hot take. Hot. He says. Could Rajon Rondo win finals MVP? Because I think he could. And I think he'll average seven steals in this series. Next question?
1: No, no, Donnie. It's not going to happen. Average seven steals? Has he had seven steals in a single game all year? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) I think AD's
3: running away with the MVP.
1: Don't drink the bong water, buddy. All right. Could Alex Gordon get into
3: the Baseball Hall of Fame? No. Um, he has the
2: credentials on the defensive side because he has gold gloves. Uh, he won seven, I believe.
4: Hey, he seven a in a row.
2: And, well, yeah, and he has a great moment. His problem, though, man, is he has such horrific batting statistics. And yeah. in baseball, you got to be a good batter. You have to. Unless you're Ozzy Smith, who was just one of the greatest defenders of all time and was a defender for 16, 17 years. You're just not, you're not gonna get in unless you have really good offensive stats and he and Alex Gordon was a career batter I think of like 251 and didn't he wasn't a slugger it'd be one thing if he was hitting 34 40 home runs a year he wasn't never not even close yeah um, so yeah as much as Gordo meant to this Royals organization and as as great of a defensive player as he was in the back yeah. half of his career there there's no way in hell he'll ever make the pro baseball hall of fame yeah he was a he
1: was a project player for early a lot of the early part of his career he was still trying to find his identity as a player in the major leagues Um, he'll definitely go down in the hall of fame for the royals no question i mean i just think he's i think locally he gets a lot of praise that he doesn't he's undeserving of in the in the over over overarching look of the mlb itself he's not a He's not looked at as a great MLB player overall. <coughs> I think he's more looked at as, as, a, as a local, like kind of a local legend. He's not like an old to all-time great type of player. He's just not. He doesn't have the resume or the statistics really to show for that. But he's loved here, and I think that's where these questions come from.
3: Huh. All right, next question. Donnie Couch again. Uh, where if the Chiefs drafted Alvin Kamara instead of Brela Speaks?
2: It would have been awesome. <laughs> I would have loved it. Uh, Alvin Kamara is Arguably the best running back We in should football. trade We should trade for yeah, him maybe, Yeah maybe Make we, it right Maybe we can go and sign Breland Speaks back To try yeah. and see if we can get That trade for trade. the Saints it's still Since possible. the Saints are terrible uh, Maybe Alvin Kamara Won't they could want use to be Bre- on the Le- Super Bowl Le- team they
1: use Breland Speaks they use Breland, yeah. Alvin
2: Kamara is arguably The best running back in football um, Arguably Best
1: receiving right now. Best right? receiving with, 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 yeah. with
2: McCaffrey out. Yeah. So yeah, to have him on this team, I mean, can you imagine him with Patrick Mahomes? That's like a match made in heaven. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be have been I fucking mean, awesome.
3: You'll have CH right at right, right behind.
2: Yeah, you? CH would have never made this team if, or never been drafted if we had Alvin Kamara.
3: No. So oh, no, yeah, it would have been awesome because Brilliant right, Speaks right, sucks as right.
2: much as Alvin is good. That'd be right.
3: All right. Uh next question by couch. Where do the Celtics go from here? Because in my opinion, Daniel Daniel Ty, Tice Daniel Tice is not the answer at center.
2: Oh no, he's right. Uh, Daniel Tice is a role player. Uh, if he's starting on your team, you're going to be good, but you're you're not. You're going to be where they're at on the couch, and that sucks for the Celtics because I think that I have them as penciled in as my my finals team out of the East. They're frustrating in, in the fact that they're so damn good, but they. They're their own worst enemy, and I don't get it because I I love Brad Stevens as a coach, and I think he is one of the three to five best coaches in this league. Mm. But they're wasting opportunities here. Could have used Al Horford, huh? After the twenty eighteen season, <laughs> when LeBron went to the went to the West with hey, the Lakers, Kyrie. the Celtics should have capitalized over these last two years because the excuses are gone. You no longer have the juggernaut. He's not there anymore. The monster's not there on the Eastern Con- in the Eastern Conference you should be able to win the Eastern Conference. Yeah, There's no excuse. They should be in the finals right now. They, they should, should be in the finals right now. Yeah. The Heat are a good team, but if you've been watching this series so far, it's not even close. Mm-mm. I would like to imagine that if LeBron and, and AD were going against Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Kimball Walker, not to mention Gordon Hayward, that's going to be a better series. And we didn't get that because the Celtics choked. They got their asses handed to them by the, by the Miami Heat. All respect to the Heat. The Heat are not the better team. And, and and so I I don't know what they're missing, but it is definitely a glaring piece that is missing. I don't know what it is. Maybe they need another star player. But you know how hard that is to do when you already got three and a half stars. That's hard to do. It's hard to do. They gotta figure something out or else well, some, some significant. Oh yeah, you, yeah. That way they can blow more three one series leads. That'd be great. <laughs> You'll
3: go get way off P.
1: Yeah, they they, they need to upgrade at that position. They got to do some work. They got a very talented roster. Fuck like
3: go get Marcus! All fuck it.
1: I mean,
3: Hey, FC Barcelona, we're gonna need that guy. Hey, can you send him right right
2: this way?
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they need a, they need to go get another big that can hit the shot. I mean, playing small obviously didn't work out for them. Bam Adebayo was just killing them on the boards. You know, if he and he's he's an undersized he's guy. He's so 6'9", Yeah. Just, I I just feel like the Celtics Street blew that series. I mean that. I know they came off a tough. Uh, they were the
2: better team.
1: Yeah, more talent. I mean, then they would have given the Lakers a more bit of a challenge. But I still don't think they would have. This is a, the Lakers are just a bad matchup for either one of those teams coming out of the East. Yeah, but... the Lakers would
2: have won either one, but I think yeah. the
1: Slugs would have at least given them a fight. Yeah, yeah, they got to do. They got to do something over there. They got to change something as far as their bigs go. But I don't know. All
3: right, next question, Danny Couch. Uh why do people keep saying the mid range, the mid range jump shot is dead? When a lot of these teams that have made the playoffs finals have some of the best mid range shooters in the NBA. For example, Jimmy Butler.
2: Uh, I think that I think that's a myth. I think that's created by your casual watchers. Uh, it's like the people that say that there's no defense in the NBA. That's just not true. Um, the league is so talented now that it looks like they don't play defense. When in reality, teams do play defense. If you don't play defense in this league and you're not a premier scorer, you're not in the league. And playing in point blank, you, you know the phrase 3 and D? 3 and D means that you come in the game, you shoot threes, you sit in the corner, you you create space for the playmakers, they'll pop it out so you hit the three, and then you go on the other side and you bust your ass on the defensive side. That is half the league these days. You have your star players and then you have your 3 and D guys. And that's at all sizes, from guards to centers. That is what the NBA is today. So I I don't want to hear this bullshit that they don't play defense, and I don't want to hear this BS that they don't shoot mid range. Plenty of players shoot mid ranges in the NBA. A lot of the elite players.
1: Kawhi Leonard lives at the free throw. LeBron
2: James shoots uh, mid range. Chris Paul, uh, AD, yeah. And Kawhi Leonard is the master at, like Trevor said, the elbow shots. Mm -hmm. Like we got to stop with this BS. It's not. It's not true at all. That's from people that watch Five Minutes of Sports Center and see all the threes the Rockets shot up and DeMar- think that's the DeMar- whole league. That's, that's, his, yeah. that's not the whole league. Not everybody shoots like the Rockets. That's not how it goes.
1: It's just because the three is the highlight reel shot I and mean, then we got guys pulling up from the logo now. Sure. It's just because the game is. Guys that can shoot from there. The game is stretched out. Guys are able to hit shots from there consistently now and it, it just shows the talent of the league that's evolved. Yep. So it's, it's really just about the overhyping of the three and I get that because it's an exciting shot and it gives you one extra point than a two pointer would. So it's gonna mean more, oh, yeah. but at the same time, I mean, yeah, threes threes are shot at a much higher clip nowadays. Well, it doesn't, doesn't mean mid range and fadeaway jumpers in the post aren't still very a very important part of the game. It's very much so. It's just absolutely, you just gotta watch, not be a casual fan. For sure, <laughs> don't be a nitty. <laughs> 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 Thank you.
3: Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question is uh, Donnie Couch. Is uh, my last question. Could Josh Allen become even better than Jim Kelly? Yes.
2: yes. As crazy as that sounds, because Jim Kelly is one of the better quarterbacks of his generation, Allen is a much more talented quarterback than he is, and he plays in a league where quarterbacks have more of an opportunity to succeed, and they're more protected. Mm. Uh, Josh Allen is one of the greatest athletic quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. Uh, He's stupid raw talented, man. Yeah. And he's, I think he's really starting to put it together. And it's no, it's no coincidence that at age 24 he's starting to put it together. That's where we start to see a lot of these young quarterbacks. Age 24, 25, you start really putting it together. So, yeah. yes, to answer that question as honestly as I possibly can, I think Josh
1: Allen has a real chance to be the best quarterback the Bills have ever had. Uh, yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, as far as the numbers go, I think if he stays there for the majority if not all of his career and he stays healthy and, you know... He, and the way that offense is set up, I mean, that the that, that whole offense has ran through him, similar to how Cam Newton was early in his career, you know. But he's got much bigger arm than Cam Newton ever had. He's just incredible. And his ability to his ability to throw on the run is also incredible, too. And he's getting more accurate, I think, as, as he's growing. So, yeah, I mean, Jim Kelly is obviously Hall of Fame great. Um, yeah, I mean, I def- definitely think his, his trajectory. And I think that's just the way the game has evolved, too, with these quarterbacks. The athletes are just better nowadays, so... Yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility if he stays healthy and has a a long career in Buffalo.
3: All right. Next questions. Well, next group of questions comes from, you know, our very own uh, guest. Oh, right. I knew there so, was a guest appearance on this. So I don't know if she wants to do the honors Let's and ask you the have questions for herself. Them
4: uh,
3: probably pull them <laughs> So I, I, I don't know. I was, was
4: surprised
2: out to, out to out hear that we have out. a participation have. within our group. We this is do. amazing.
4: Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Eddie was going to Vanna-wide it up for me. But, um, hey. No, <laughs> you're you're here. Hey, it is
2: funny, that, and I know this is going to be recorded for our podcaster, so bear with us here. As we're talking about the mid-range jump shot. LeBron <laughs> did a fadeaway mid-range jump shot, and guess yeah. what happened? He made it. He made he made it. It. it happens. He sunk the it. The mid-range is still real. He went in. Real it plan. happens, guys. He's the good. mid-range is real. He's good. Just like that, Larry O'Brien's gonna be real for the Lakers in them two games. Oh it's gonna be real.
4: <laughs> All right. Oh, here so, we go. Here we go. Um, uh, I have a couple of them that I just like to talk about media slander. That's my favorite topic. Hmm. Uh, who are the biggest offenders of chief slander in the mainstream media right now? I need a running shit list. Thanks in advance. Uh,
2: I try to be careful not to give these people too much credence, uh, but I think it's pretty obvious you have your normal ones. Uh, you have your Skip Baylesses. You have your Eric Mangini's. Yes. Uh, for some reason, Brandon Marshall's a thing. Uh, yeah, the, those are the three that stand out the most. I would imagine no. against the Chiefs. Who else what's we got? That,
3: what's that guy that? Uh, uh, what's uh, the fucking guy? Marcellus Wiley.
2: There you yeah, yeah. Marce- Marcellus Wiley's more against the uh, Patrick Mahomes being better than Lamar Jackson for some reason. Yeah. He starts talking about quarterback rating in regular season, but ignores their That's playoff what I was differences. Say too. Marcellus,
1: like, Wiley. Yeah, Marcellus, yeah,
2: so Marcellus Wiley. Yeah. Yeah. So Marcellus, I would say those are the four ones. Eric Mangini is the one that gets me the most because yeah. first of all, I don't even know how he's on TV. Like, he was a horrible he's, he's coach. He's a Mike
1: patriot.
4: Florio. Mike, oh. How did we forget? <laughs>
2: <laughs> fucking Eddie Munster. I totally forgot about Eddie Munster, I'm dude. Sorry. That's Talking I, about literally the 49ers injuring Patrick Mahomes as an idea, as a tactic in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
4: that's I right. should have fucking that. injured Mike Florio. Well, I'm glad I asked that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks. This, is a, this is one that I've struggled with a lot. Which game are we going to lose this season and
2: why? Uh, I, I, the, the two games I had penciled in originally were the Bills at at Buffalo in a short week against the, after the Raiders and a tough slate of games beforehand. And then the Saints late in the season, I felt like, because that's back when I thought we were going to have fans, uh, that's a tough place to play. I thought Drew Brees was going to have a little bit left in him. I was absolutely wrong. I think the Saints are actually going to probably miss the playoffs now. Mm. Um, so I, I, I'm definitely revoking that loss. The only loss I see left on the on the calendar for the Chiefs is going to be in Buffalo and i am tempted to pull that one away but i'm going to stick with it i think that is the only l the chiefs take and quite frankly it would put me a little bit more at ease if they didn't go 6 and 0 for some weird reason i would like them to at least have one l on the record just to say that they're not that team that can potentially go 16 and 0 and then we know how it usually goes for everybody else but then again it would be pretty badass if the chiefs go 19 and they're the first team to ever do it so yeah, yeah. i'm kind of on board with that too i'm kind of torn but if i'm going to stick with if
1: i have to give you one l it's going to be at buffalo in a short week short week uh I mean, I honestly – I had us losing two games as well, but I never, like, picked who I thought would beat us. I think the Saints – I thought the Saints would be a challenger. I, I don't think we're going to lose to Buffalo. I just don't. I'm confident going into that game, similar to how I was confident going into the Baltimore. I just, by default, just picked us having two losses just because the the parity that comes with the NFL. Yeah. And injuries, you know, and unexpected things. Um, we saw the the nail-biter we had with, with the Chargers, for Christ's sake. So, I mean – um. It is know. a divisional foe, and, the, and the, the the confidence that I've I've been building just from watching the Chiefs so far this season. I don't I'm not sure if anyone's going to beat us. I mean, unless we we have one of those games where we I don't really see happen with Patrick Mahomes so far in his career is play down to the level of his competition. I, I just don't. I, the Chargers just play us well. Point blank period. That's the only team I've really seen. That's uh, them and the Patriots. That's why I have a similar uh, a slight concern with this Patriots game, even though I have us winning by double digits. I just think that those two teams. The Chargers and the Patriots we have close games with. I mean, the Colts, obviously, uh, but we don't we don't play them this year. But, yeah, I think – I don't know. I just – the way – I feel very confident going into every game now. I don't – I just think we have an overwhelming advantage on everyone. Sure. And I think we can we can mesh to our competition and play and beat certain teams at their own strengths just like we, you know, did to Baltimore. So, we I mean, Patrick Mahomes was the one that ran the, the, the rushing touchdown in, not, not Lamar Jackson, you know. So, we – we're a chameleon, man, and we're the most deadliest chameleon in this league. So, I just I – honestly, right now, I, I can't picture anyone beating us. I just can't. I can't picture anybody beating us right now.
3: Oh, you want
4: mine? Too? Absolutely, oh, do, it. do it. Yeah. It's like, no, it's just, it's just the
2: Twidwells tonight, Eddie. Yeah,
4: sorry, you don't get to talk
2: about <laughs> I'm them, That one time you had
3: homework.
4: <laughs> yeah, we're not used to you being here. This, <laughs> is, this
3: is a little bit weird for us. I'm, I'm with Lance <clears throat> in, in the L. Uh, I had us losing to the Ravens and to the Bills. Uh, this season, but obviously it didn't happen against the Ravens. So now I I have us against the Bills. Now I have to see where I can sneak in my other L. I can see it. Uh, I can see it with the Saints or the Bucks. I, I can see the L sneaking in between those two teams. Hmm. Just I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like the Chiefs are not.
4: Arians, like... Master out, master money and your Or Grandpa Brady. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm
3: so, not worried
1: about the Bucks at all.
3: So that's what I'm saying. I don't know yeah. where to yeah. give that L. So that's what I'm saying. Those two teams could possibly sneak in now. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not I, the only L that I can be like. Okay, that, that might be an L is the Bills.
4: Yeah.
3: Other than because the only worthy yeah. opponent it left. Really that's other than yeah, it's other right. than right. other than that, like I honestly cannot like pick a like a certain game where I'm like, oh I'm you
2: know, that team that's why
1: I took back my two losses right now. I don't I don't feel I don't well, feel nervous about any the game only moving. Reason,
2: court. The only reason I'm even gonna stick with the Bills one is because of the short week. It's not even if this was a Sunday game well, at three thirty, I'm picking the Chiefs. Yeah. But because oh. of it being, like I said, you have three straight tough games, you have a Raider divisional game, you're focused on that, and then you go four days later down up to Buffalo, yeah. that's a lot to ask for because you're going to Las Vegas, or no, it's in Kansas City, I'm sorry, and then you're doing that. I, that's a lot. But then again, like I said, the Chiefs go up there and blow the doors off them while we're really sitting here the next week on a show going, <laughs> I did not see that coming. Like, no one's saying that. Yeah. They're going to have to find an L. Like literally, they're yeah. going to have to find It's like us on a weekly in, you know basis where we're looking for Ls to give.
1: Barring health. They're going to yeah. have to go out there and try to
2: find an L to take.
1: Yeah, barring health. I mean, uh, outside of someone getting hurt, you know, that's a very important player for this team. I just don't I don't see a true challenger, man. I just don't so. It's
4: kind of a nice spot to be in, so I'll take it. Boy, I'm you ain't complain. lying.
1: Yeah.
2: Sitting so here talking about when we're going to possibly lose. Like, man, things have gotten good for us out here in Kansas City. It, it yeah. really
4: has. <laughs> uh, next question is from me. <laughs> oh yeah. You want me to hex anyone in sports for you? I'm running out of people to have beef with and misdoing mm. spells. You know what? I, I
2: don't know if it's a certain person, but I would like – I wish you could do it to a certain narrative. Okay. Because it's now that we're seeing what we're seeing right now in the NBA – We're seeing LeBron dominate like we've never seen another player in the history of the NBA dominate.
4: Besides Michael
2: Jordan, right? More than Michael Jordan. But the (laughs) point is, the point is this. I'm getting tired of hearing these narratives. I I respect guys like Chris Broussard to an extent because I like his delivery and his cadences and all those things. But I hate this lazy belief that he has. Like he was speaking yesterday on multiple shows He's trying to cut away years of Michael Jordan's career to make his career look more pristine, and that's not how you do it. That's not how this works. You can't say, he only played 11 seasons. No, he played 15, and he won six titles in those 15 years. So he's trying to say that he won more titles in less time, and that makes it better than LeBron going to 10 finals in 17 seasons. Listen, I know the goalposts have been moving since LeBron was 18 years old. I get that, and it's going to continue even after he wins his fourth in a, in a couple of couple of, probably six days. That doesn't change the fact that he's faced tougher competition, and has taken worse teams further. We gotta quit ignoring the obviousness here. And as LeBron now is going about to be going on a 3 threepeat and ends up tying Michael Jordan, ironically, with six championships. What is going to be said then when he ends up going to twelve championship, twelve finals, and wins six? Because that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I wish that hex. I want. If we can put a hex on, I want to put a hex on that narrative now two years from now. So when we look back at the show and we're in like an episode 330, I'll we're put, talking about this. I'll
3: put $500 on that. He don't. We have it on video.
1: <laughs> I take Venmo, hey, 80,
2: Cash App, and Straight Up Cash, homie, hey, 500 AD
1: said he wants to follow LeBron to nine straight championships. So hey, no. They're going on a three-peat. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to play another nine years, but another lo- four or look five. Look at me now. This
2: became a hot take, hot take since, you know, a little part. The Lakers are going to a three-peat. Remember, I said that they're three peeing. Uh-huh. There we go. That's so
1: put a hex on that bullshit narrative. I don't know what you guys have. That's just mine. Uh, I mean, I'm just gonna take the low hanging fruit. skate Bayless. I just, I, I'm waiting for the guy to get out of the business. He, he's just, he's the a literal, he's literally a high paid troll. I just, uh, I don't know. Hey, he's I, a good. Leave alone. He's. <laughs>
4: You can replace him if there's, if there's guy, ever an opposite like goat,
1: Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. In, uh, uh,
4: she's like a, I Ernestine. Uh, how about Ernestine. I say
3: replace Shannon Sharp? Okay.
4: So <laughs> you mean the real talent of that show? Oh. Shannon, Sharp is oh. The, oh.
1: Shannon Sharp is the brains of that show yeah. and, oh. and the comedy. Don't do this. Skip. Don't skip. skip. Bad.
4: I like Shannon Sharp when he does his own edits. Uh, they yeah. they kind of remind me of like a grandpa discovery. He's so good. Like some sort of weird apple. When he wears just, the like, goat just, mask? with yeah. the Stogie. Yeah. And like, and the like, handy and handy. like oh Henny Club Shay Shay. Here we go. Oh, she- Club Shay Shay. It's crazy because
1: <laughs> I hated that guy growing up. That was <laughs> that was that was the, oh, the arch nemesis of Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, so I hated that.
4: And now
2: he's Mister Mahomes boy. Like, how are you gonna hate him, bro? He loves Mahomes and LeBron James. I just
1: I like his personality. Period. Skip is just.
4: Do you have any Formula One drivers, Eddie? Uh, Yeah, Eddie, how about that? Anyone that you're mad at? No F ones? Oh Lewis
3: Hamilton, we can Oh the goat? What goat? (laughs) Michael Schumacher? I still
4: remember the day that Eddie wasn't here and I was like talking about Lewis Hamilton for some reason. You're like, Oh Eddie is. Eddie would be eating this shit up. That's his guy, (laughs) Right. right? I love it. (laughs) All right, fine. You guys are a lot more like nice than I thought. (laughs) Uh, So, what will happen when the Heat win the finals? Number one NBA fan over here. Uh,
3: It would be the greatest ups. Oh, you not finished
2: Uh, the question?
4: uh, Will Eddie and Lance finally race if the Heat win the finals? I feel like that is something that we. If he actually wants
3: to race, he hasn't won a race in like we. I've been trying to. I've actually been working out, but this guy doesn't do anything. Where are them excuses at? I will
1: yeah, run exactly. backwards. Yeah, exactly. Where is your excuses, at?
3: <laughs> Dude, I've been
4: bullshit. the one waiting. Bullshit. A, I've yeah, been yeah,
1: the I'm bullshit. waiting. i run backwards.
3: Hey, I'm triggered. Fuck this.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Where at,
3: Blaming
2: bro? me? Let's do this. I- I'll show up at your house tomorrow morning. Sounds
1: good. Naked.
2: Let's record this Naked. shit. Naked. All right. Sounds hey, good. Hey, one, one of your sisters, Mama Ortiz, <laughs> somebody's recording this when shit. you catching? At, hey, yo, homie. Oh, oh. oh. you catching a hamstring. That's what you're catching. A torn glute, something else. He's right. catching a torn glute. Catching
4: That's what he's his catching.
2: Hands. Yeah, you're gonna catch hands after you're on the ground, like even. And I'm, not, gonna it, it, really yeah. we'll I'm gonna piece you up. I put odds on it. We
4: stream it live. Yeah. Like I'm totally down. If, Do it live. If, if the heat yeah. win, wins the yeah, finals. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I'll
4: wear, I'll he's wear so like the weighted
3: the uh, vests and
4: everything, yeah. and run.
3: No, the, the heat are winning the finals. Shit.
4: Yeah. Uh, can the worst side of Nacho Libre beat knockoff Gimley? G- Gimley, Gimley, oh. It's the Lord of the Rings
2: thing. Hey, I'll take that as a compliment. That dude was a badass. You imagine being three foot tall, whoop, whooping some orcs? I, I'd take that gladly, dude. That life—that sounds awesome. You got any so other questions in the mailbag? I know uh, that is the last
4: question of the mailbag. Dude, we got
2: probably. Gad and we got Gad to ask questions. That was awesome. If you ever have questions, hit us up, dude. That's yeah, awesome. Was that was great. I was just
4: like, okay, well, maybe I'll just start talking.
2: To <laughs> Good mailbag, guys. Oh, yeah. uh, solid every single week. Let's do that Mondays. We got new people, obviously, on the thread. Hit us up man if you're if you're learning sports, we're here to like Here's I said smoky. steer steer yes, Mr. Smoke, Smokey. Smoky. Uh, yeah, dude, if you got you got anything you want to ask us, man, hit us up. We're here to we're here to do that, man. This is what we're all about here. So, we have one more order of business, and I believe it's called what's it guys?
4: Hold oh, this yeah. L. Hey, yeah. Where you get them from? Detroit. Yeah. That machine
1: does. It's time. To hold this L.
2: I want you to do me a favor and hold this L! Somebody's got to hold that L.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the him.
2: I'm talking like Caps Lock llllll LL Cool stuff. Hold that L.
1: Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, veiny, pulsating L. Man...
0: You are one pathetic loser.
1: You ignorant bastard. (laughs) That was great. Hold this
4: L.
2: It's time to hold this L. Each and every week what we like to do is... uh... Give out some much needed, much deserved, some friendly or unfriendly L's in the world of sports. Regardless of what they are, I promise you guys that the person or the team, the athlete, whoever it is, absolutely deserves it. Let's start with Mr. Yo 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 himself, Eddie, who is holding the L this week for you, my man. Can you take a guess. The Heat? Your NBA predictions?
1: <laughs> Literally. I, I
2: made guesses. F1. There you yeah. go. Yeah!
3: F- All F- right! F- 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 right. That was my only real guess, I promise.
2: <laughs> I promise. I was trying to just be a smartass. All ass.
3: right, so I'm going F1. Uh, so Red Bull, uh, two years ago, they signed a contract with Honda. Uh, they were going to do their power, uh, their, their engine, their power units pretty much. Uh, and they were to, to take everything by storm and do all this and that. Well, Honda today, earlier today, announced that it is pulling back after the 21 2021 season. So they are going to be no longer in Formula 1 even though they had agreed to be in Formula 1. So Honda today decided that they that's just not what they wanted to do. Damn. So Red Bull Racing who had a pretty good engine before this one. I think they were doing Renault are pretty much stuck in without a engine supplier shit. or a uh, power unit supplier for next season so the the see this year's season is about to be over shit and now they're like with no engine for next season <laughs> that's great that's
1: massive l you're correct yes yeah, so mm, great great indeed
3: they thought this was a mega partnership they thought this was gonna be amazing they thought this was gonna be the next best thing Red Bull Racing, you're gonna have to
1: hold this
3: L. L. Trevor Tootle, who's holding
1: the L for you this week? I don't know if you guys saw the entertaining game that was the uh, Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. Fun, entertaining game, high-scoring game. Uh, I think we all expected that, so we got it a, as a, as football fans. We got what we expected. Um, Seattle ended up taking you know taking the victory there, um, but there was a particular play in that game by a player that I like and I love so far in his career. Zach Prescott goes by the name of DK Metcalf. Um, the score was the score was tied. It was nine nine at this moment. Um, DK breaks breaks open down the field, straight deep route, hot route, just hot <laughs> towards the beautiful end zone. Beautiful catch. Beautiful throw. Yeah.
3: Beautiful,
1: yeah. beautiful. throw. Beautiful catch. Yep.
3: Yes. Not beautiful. a beautiful
2: thing.
1: Sixty three yard completion. Sixty-three yard completion from Russell Wilson to, to DK Metcalf, who is becoming one of the most unstoppable deep threats in this league. My pound for pound, height, everything you need in receiver. He's got it. Um, caught the ball was on his way to the end zone untouched. Uh, and then uh, I believe Diggs was the cornerback that got burnt on that play. DK Metcalf, for some reason, we've seen this numerous times, we've seen Deshaun Jackson do this in his prime when he had a, you know a, an opportunity to, to, to score. Um, for some reason, he just forgot that there was a defender trailing him. Um, just <laughs> decides to catch the ball, not finish the play, and run into the end zone. He starts to st- arrogantly walk towards the end zone, and Diggs – Right before he crosses the the, the the plane to get into the pay dirt, pops comes from behind him and punches the ball out from behind him, and the ball goes out towards the touchback out the back of the end zone. I couldn't believe what I saw. It was we watched it yeah, live, dude, and we, we were all like, we were like, no way! Like we could not believe that that still happens in the league. It's just the brain fart that these these professional athletes. I mean, you, anybody who's played sports, no matter what the sport is, you are always it's burned into your brain to finish plays. Finish the play, finish the game. Always, you know, don't ever take a, a, a moment off, and especially in football, when you have the ball and you know you're going to get it in the end zone, you always know someone's going to be coming for you out from behind you. Even if you burn the cornerback, which he did, burn the corner. Diggs didn't give up on the play. Came from right behind him, punched the ball out. I mean, you can't get much, you can't have much more of an embarrassing moment than that as a, as a receiver when you made the great play. The ball was thrown perfectly from your quarterback. The game was tied. It's a big game between, you know, Cowboys and Seahawks. You possibly made one of the biggest, best plays of the game. 63 yard touchdown. Could have well actually would have been 66 yard touchdown. Bomb. Add it to your highlight reel for your young career. And you now you have it on your <laughs> you not so highlight career, uh uh um, reel there. So DK Metcalf, I love you, buddy, but you're gonna have to do me a big favor and hold this L.
2: Let's make mine short and sweet, man. Hmm. My, my L is absolutely going to the Washington football team this week. No Kyrie? You got, no, you, you, got, you got to think about that. Yeah,
1: Kyrie, that's easy. I He's, wanted to go there, but that was just too low. That's just fruit, too easy, man. I, if if you
2: don't again. know what we're talking about with Kyrie, just go research that and just go Oof. listen to his that's horrific. That's
3: That's a... That's a
2: like we said like we said, a, said that was that an absolute l uh, yeah. mine's
3: going to the Washi- mine's going to
2: the Washington football team because of the fact that they have the unfortunate luck of having to face the Baltimore Ravens directly after they just got absolutely they got their shit kicked in by the chiefs in their house on Monday night football <laughs> the, the the line right now I think is 14 14 and a half. Uh, on the Ravens, I'm actually going to take the over. I think they're going to actually absolutely <laughs> obliterate the Washington football team. So this is a prophetic L. Uh, this is an L before it actually takes place because they are going to absolutely get destroyed in this game. I wouldn't be shocked if the Ravens won by five touchdowns. I'm being dead serious. I think they're going to go out there and just uh, and, and mutilate this team and take out all their aggressions against the – they wanted to take out on the Chiefs if they had a chance, but they can't because they just can't seem to, you know – yeah, play bad. adequate football against the Chiefs. So, in the future, I, I I know you guys have already taken several L's. Your 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 owner is a literal walking L. Uh, but do us a favor, hit the Spoken podcast and take an additional one. So please, Washington football team, hold, hold this, this L. L.
1: Thank yeah, you, guys. It's going to be a bloodbath. It's
2: going to be horrible,
1: like really, really bad. Horrible. Granted, that's a fairly good defense in
2: Washington. But, right, yeah. but Chase Young is probably not going to play again. Yeah, he's hurt. So, yeah, and, and like I said, they're pissed off, and you don't want to face a pissed-off team that is, is that good. And that defense is probably going to just... Yeah, it's gonna, Dwayne Haskins is probably going to get benched in oh, yeah. half.
1: Alex Smith is playing that game. Oh,
2: God, I hope not,
1: because that's well, not going to be is. good for him I either. Alex was good to play a snap this year. So, 84, man. Snap is not the word. I mean.
2: Episode 84. <laughs> this is a... Uh, yeah, this was an absolute blast. Uh, the Monday Milbag was top tier, especially since we had Gat chime in on a few ones. The Hexes. I mean, how many times are you get to talk about Hexes, man? Yeah. That's badass. Yeah. Hopefully those work out the just fine. There. Um man, BJ Kissel, what can I say? Man, we got him we got him on the show. Um thanks so much man. Means a lot. Big time influence to me and several others, countless others here in Kansas City. Man, you brought it. You got us some great information. I love hearing the stories of your time with the Chiefs. I'd love to sit down and, and hear several more of them, man, because I know you got them. But uh, follow our guy, Let It Fly Media. They're doing great work out there, guys. Uh, a, a sister team, I consider them, man, out here in KCPN. If you're not subscribed to ours, man, we literally just had a week full of content. I'm not kidding. Every single day of the week, we got shows, man. I'm telling you guys. For and it's not all just sports. I'm telling you, lifestyle. Like, I mean, Gats got Gats got cool guests all the time, man. I mean, three miller Light, Mil, three miller lights deep, dude. It, it's it's incredible the kind of guests you can get, man. And I'm telling you guys, it's interesting stuff, interesting interesting talk. I would recommend it. You guys need to absolutely follow Gats. It's just great that we got her having contact. Fake Ned's gonna make a revival. Uh, we got gutter sluts, my our brother Rob, man. He's always talking about life and and, and and you know pop culture and life and what's up to date. He's always got super controversial topics. Mm. Highly recommend him. And Casey Penn's only going to continue to grow. And that's our goal here, man, is to continue to grow and represent our city that we love the most as well as we possibly can. And we thank all of you for making that possible. Otherwise, what the hell are we even doing here? We're just wasting our Friday nights, and we want to be here with you guys. So we thank you for all the live streamers, for the YouTubers, and for our OG podcasters. For Gat. The ones and twos always making this thing happen. For Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, for BJ Kissel and Let It Fly Media, I am Lance Twidwell. Episode 84 of the Spoken Podcast until next week, when we're talking about the Chiefs moving to 4-0 against Bill Belichick and the Cheaters, we out of this bitch. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. Love you all. Later. See ya.
1: Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, p pi powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line?
0: Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.
1: Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh?